Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop. Jason here, and I would like to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful and happy holiday season. It has been an amazing year for us at the One Stop Co-op Shop, uh, an amazing year for me uh, on Shelf Stories, my YouTube channel, and also part of the OSCS family. I had the privilege of being invited to a couple of other podcasts throughout the year. So I'm going to take a couple of weeks break from producing live content. In the meantime, I would like to reproduce some of those guest spots that I did on other podcasts. So if you've heard them, they're the same. (laughs) And I'll be producing new content before you know it. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. Later, everybody. Hey, everybody. Today, Rado runs through his top 10 card games, which I'll tell you right now, folks, is a topic I have wanted to cover for years. But I've always been a little nervous about it because, you know, what is a card game? I mean, it's such a wide uh, descriptor. There are so many games on my shelves I'm surrounded by that use a healthy dollop of cards. And so I've been putting on the back burner forever, but... Over the last year, I found I really enjoy doing top tens with other people, with guest hosts. And when um, my fellow guest host for this run-through said, man, I love card games. With the passion of a thousand suns, I knew the time had finally come. So, folks, you can say a very hearty thank you to Jason Perez of Show Stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? How you doing, everybody? Uh, out in Rado Land, I feel in rarefied air. People are watching this. All there's thousands of you out there. Hello, peoples. All of you who are watching this, you need to go check Jason out. There will be links for his channel down in the show notes. You can hit that eye up in the top right corner of the screen. Honestly, Jason's channel is. I'll, I know him for hyperbole, but I'll say it, uh, is one of the most important channels covering the board game industry today. Because he uses his platform to talk about games, which is what we're going to do today, but he talks about so much more. Um, and he is really a positive force for good in the industry. And uh, yeah, I, I, I am glued. I am uh, subscribed. I'm not... Do you have a patron account? It occurs to me. You don't have a patron account, do you? I would totally be a patron if he set up a patron account. I love his content that much. And I cannot wait to see uh, what he has in store, what top 10 card games mean to him. I will say what it means for me. One of the first things I mentioned to Jason is, I think I want to leave deck builders out. You know, and I think you did as well, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, deck builders, they could be their own top 10 easily. And what's more important to me than anything else about saying these are card games, I wanted to have games that focus on, I've got these cards in my hand. And as much as I care about what's in my hand, I care even more about what's in your hand. But I can't Mm -hmm. see them because that's the secret sauce of a card game, the imperfect information. I have to make the best decisions I can not knowing everything on the table. So all uh, I try to pick 10 games that are all about card play, all about hand management as well, and are all about creating that tension of, what have you got? And until you (laughs) flop it on the table, I am always sweating bullets. And, um, and, And that led me to uh, to skip a lot of things that I absolutely love. A lot of, there's no choice about it, card games that um, I left off my list because 
often as not, I don't really care about what's in your hand. I just care about what's in my hand. And that's usually the case for a deck builder. That's usually the case for most um, card drafting games as well. I didn't really go deep down um, that rabbit hole because I really wanted to be a game that covers, that focuses on your opponent's cards. Or in some cases, your teammates. I might have some co-ops as well. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about... so. I'm a fan of classic card games, which is classic. You, you, you're going to have the screen over there. It's going to have 52 cards all laid out and everything. Uh, they were my first games when I was a kid. Uh, I played Solitaire, different versions of Solitaire. There's like a million. I've played, all, played them all. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Rummy and, you know, different games that I'll mention along the way. And so that is just in my DNA is, car, is just classic card play. Uh, so I, believe, I agree with the deck builders. We could have included deck builders. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, technically a card game. Um, a, they could be their own list, and B, the it's about the decision space. Like what you described before about, okay, what's in my hand and I'm going to react to you? There's like a real push-pull yeah. there. Uh, in a deck builder, the decision isn't in the card play. It's in the card acquisition. Yes. You know? So it's like, the, you know, when, when if I'm playing Star Realms or Dominion or whatever it is, like I'm just waiting for my turn, and then I'm like <laughs> yep. throwing yeah, yeah. them down. That's not the decision. The decision, well, I mean, it is if you're using pacing or whatever it is. Um, but for the most part, the, you know, most of the decision space is happening in the acquisition of the cards, and it's in the market. <clears throat> and to me, that's it's its own thing. Yeah, I'm not going to say bad or good, but I, I feel like it's its own thing. Yeah. And then another um, aspect that I did not include was like things with a board. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the card game of the year for BGG was Dune Imperium. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A deck builder with a board, yeah. and I get it. It's it's mostly cards, right? And so, like by the strict dif dictionary definition, it's a card game. But then people were like, "That's a card game," yep. you know? Da, 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 da. And like, and so like the deck building part we talked about, but the the board again, the decision space isn't in like the push pull of like you know me and you. It's it's more about I'm going to play this card as a like it doesn't have to be cards. It could be just like buttons that I push, like I can just like push this mm -hmm. button and then make something happen on the board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I don't have that intimate experience with mine, my cards. Yeah. When exactly. I'm playing like a card with a big, when I'm playing with something with a, on a board, I, if, if this was like the broader definition of a card game, like a game with majority cards, right? If, if it was just that, my number two game would be something like on the water cities. Okay, so sure, sure, what, sure, right, yeah. That's a, that's love, basically a worker placement game where you use cards as your workers. Right, and it's it's mostly cards, yeah. right? And that's the, that's what people get annoyed by because, like, what am I paying for? This is, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is especially that expansion, oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> oh my, good Lord. Um, but it's mostly cards, and, like, I, I could have put that in here, but it's, like, it's worker placement, and I'm building out this little stuff. Terraforming Mars is, is a card game, but it has this other dimension, and so... That's cool to know. Like, if I made a games with cards list, that'd be those games would be on there. Yeah. But I wanted like you know simple, classic feeling card games. Yeah. I mean, if if we were making a top ten novel card games, i.e., games that do something outside of the classic right. use of cards, that actually that would be a really interesting list as a follow up to this. Quite frankly, maybe. Sure. Maybe you'll be able to come that back. That I can do. Yep. Yeah, maybe a little bit later in the fall or something. I'll come back and be like, okay, next step card games or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Because I. I, I I didn't put it into words, but I think you did very well. To me, my list, I wanted them to feel like they come from the same place as Whist. 
And they come from the right. same place as poker. And, you know, right. um, it's all about having those cards in hand, caring about what's in your hand, and having that kind of classic feel. I mean, there's so many wonderful, cool, amazing, innovative things that are done with cards these days, but that's not what this list is about. This list is about taking the inspiration from the classics. So, uh, it sounds like we're mostly on the same page. Yeah, we will cool. find out if we remain on the same page uh, <laughs> after this list. But are you I ready predict, to go? I predict zero crossovers. Really? I oh. predict zero crossovers. I, I predict, think there's enough out there. I predict zero cross. Ba uh, wait, 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 wait. One. I have based on a video of yours I recently saw. I think okay. we've got at least one. I oh. think. Okay. All right. I, I will predict one. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, um, folks, take your bets. I'll put them in the comments now before. <laughs> don't cheat. Don't skip ahead. Um, and we are ready to go. Are you ready to go? So, um, also, uh, you were very, very kind to basically just grab a bunch of pictures of your games from uh, Dice Tower and send them over to me with unnamed files. They were off board gaming. Files. They were just, you know, they were board yeah, yeah. Or, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said Dice Tower. They were off board gaming. I said uh, board game geek. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no proof of that, he said, later <laughs> editing out his gaff. I'm known for gaffs. I'm known for goofs. But yeah, uh, so we both just went to Board Game Geek, grabbed uh, cover art, and then a few pictures just to try to give you an idea of what they look like. Um, thank you very much to all the folks who uploaded those images on Board thank Game you. Geek, uh, making it possible for us to talk about 10 of our favorite Cardsy Cards games. And I think I will get going. I think everything is good to go. As my placeholder screen, we're going to begin counting down with my number 10, Oddball Aeronauts. Oh, and man. Right off the bat, I'm assuming you've never even heard of this, right? Never even heard of it. Okay, here's the deal. This is basically trop, top trumps for modern board gamers. Uh, because every each player... Um, and I've only ever played as a two-player game. I think if you buy two copies, you can have more players. Has a deck of cards that represents all these kind of steampunk um, skyship pirates. And on your turn, you can look through your entire deck at any time. You shuffle it up once. This is the deck. And much like Top Trumps, which I'm... I assume you know top trumps. I assume everybody knows top trumps, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. you, you, you draw your top card, you pick a stat, you hope your stat is better than your opponent's, and that's how you right. score points. It's it's barely a game at all. It's more it's of an activity that kids <laughs> like to do because they just like talking about their favorite subjects. Right. This takes the idea of top trumps, but really gamifies it because you don't just pick your top card in a stat. You at all times are looking at the top three cards of your deck. And you pick a stat, and by picking the stat, your lead card, the card that's on top, gets a high value value, and the next two will bonus, will contribute to that. So it's really three cards combined. But the other important thing is, every card has special powers. And whatever card is currently on the top is going to affect this particular round as well. So like in the image right now, I probably want to choose boarding because... Or actually, no, th this would give me... If I choose boarding for defense, I'd get plus four if it's against cannons. And so... I know when I'm going to pick how, what stat am I going to use to attack you, um, I know this is going to change the rules. And then I have to decide, am I going to use one, two, or all three of my cards? Because however many I use, those are going to go to the bottom of my deck. That's damage I take. But hopefully I'll end up coming out with a higher number than you so that you end up taking more damage. It's a war of attrition. And often... I could, you know, I, I could, I can know, I could really totally nail you to the wall. I've got a really good combo. I know what the special power is going to be, but that means if I take all three cards, I can look to see what my fourth card is on the next round when Jason is up. My weakest card is going to be on display, and I can't let that happen. 
So I need to only play two cards, because then if the third card stays, it'll combo really well with the next card when I need to defend. There, it is amazing to me how much gameplay comes from top trumps in this little game. Everybody has a deck of cards. We're playing um, to just do the most damage possible, but there's so many cool special powers. Uh, the decks have events as well that will totally change the battlefield when like storms come through that could mess everybody up. And I can look ahead in my deck. I can see see when the storm is coming. I know when mine's coming, Jason doesn't. I can be planning for it. It is surprising. Um, and you wouldn't expect it. I mean, if anybody's played Top Trumps, there's nothing to it. But Oddball Aeronauts proves it's amazing what you can do with that core idea. And uh, yeah, I mean, Top Trumps is certainly a classic, or it's a modern classic of sorts, but turning it into a real um, you know, gamer geek game, I, I couldn't leave it off the list. It's my number 10, Oddball Aeronauts. How long ago did this come out? Oh, you've gone quiet. How, how, no, I, have I gone quiet? Okay, I, you are... Okay, I, I can see. Talk a little bit. I'm talking a little okay, bit. Okay, you are talking. I can't hear you. Have I? Uh, you know uh -oh. what, folks? Uh, I'm going to pause for a sec. We'll be right back because I want to know what Jason has to say. Okay, folks. Can I ask my question? Are we recording? Oh, uh, we, we are recording again. Here's the deal. I get so excited about Oddball Aeronauts. I was flailing around <laughs> and I kicked these earbuds right out of the uh, speaker cable. I don't. I think you heard uh, Jason the whole time. But okay, Jason, we are back. What's I mean, What's the dealio? So you got this excited about number ten. So like number nine, you're gonna like knock over a board game in the back, and number five, you're gonna flip over your table, and number one, you're just gonna explode. <laughs> I might suffer from heat stroke before we're all said and done. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I'm an old season pro. If anybody knows my show, they know I start at 11 and just keep yes. going from there. I have no doubt that you have a, the keys to go. We're going to go up the keys. Yep, we yep, go. yep. Uh, well, I just, I didn't, I've never heard of it. So how old is this game? This game, geez, Jen and I, we played it a lot when we still lived in Malta. Because um, it was really great. I mean, uh, it's, it, oh, that's another cool thing about the game. You can play it with one hand. You can play it standing in line at the movie theater. Because it's just all about, hey, I've got my whole deck. I, I just fan, I pick these three. And whether you take damage or not, you just flip, to take damage, you flip the cards face down and put them at the bottom of the deck. Once you've run out of face-up cards, you're out of the game. Uh, so it's an inc it's incredibly portable. You can just play it anywhere. I've it's also really good for playing online with people, um, you know, through uh, digital. And it must be seven, six or seven years old, I think. Okay. I'd have to, of course, Board Game Geek is an excellent resource, and I'm sure you could find mm -hmm. out. I know they had a second, because the, the original box came with two different ships, one of which was strong on sailing, and one which was strong on cannons. So that's another thing, too. There's deck building. You can actually make a custom deck if you get enough cards, so you can have a pirate ship that focuses on X, Y, or Z, instead of just going for like, the pre-baked decks they've got. It's so cool, it's so simple, and yet there are hidden depths for days in this game. Um, oddball Aeronauts. But what have you got for number 10, sir? All right, so number 10, uh, the complete opposite. Uh, this is a unique game that I don't know how many people have heard of. My number 10, everyone's heard of. <laughs> there you <Yes>! go. <laughs> Udo! Uh, so if you know uh, my content, I'm also a uh, contributor to the Dice Tower. Right. I contribute uh, separate reviews. And I have a series called Games for a Healthy Mind where I share about games that I use in psychotherapy. And I use Uno and Psychotherapy all the time. It is my most played game. And I've played Uno since I was a kid. And I play Uno as an adult. I play Uno with adults. I play Uno with kids. Right. And you know, you get you know, you get into the hobby game thing, and it's like the the 
the standards change for like what's a good game. Right. Right. And you know, like you thought that you knew you thought you knew games, and then you come into this hobby, it's like, well, here are these other games. And of all the games, of all the mass market games, and I'm not, you know, um, I'm not saying any of the mass market games was whatever, whatever. Mm. Uno lasts. Uno is the game that endures. And so, and one of the things that one points I made in the video was that. It's not like the because the, yeah, the picture you're showing right now has the official rules. No one plays with the official rules. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not one person. There is a group of, I guess, community rules. I yeah. won't call them house rules because people are like, oh, you can't include house rules. Uh, this is beyond that. This is beyond house rules. This is, this is community rules. Right. Right. And there is so much that you can do to jazz up the game, uh, you know, stacking and combining decks and just, you know, uh, yeah, custom wild cards. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff. And people just own it. And it is so much fun. Like, and I, I, I've been playing this game forever. And I, I should probably mention this about my list. I didn't rank them my top ten games. Oh, that's important. What does that um, mean? And what I did was, I took games like in that kind of different categories, like my different uses for card games. Oh, I see. So my favorite solitaire card game, my favorite two-player card game, my favorite card game for this role, that role, that role, that role. And like, I think that like my in terms of a card game to play with a family. In terms of a card game to play with a, a muggle, you know, right. and most oh, of my, sure, of course. Yeah. most of my clients are muggles that come in. They've never heard of a card game. If I can get them to King of Tokyo, I'm like exceedingly happy. <laughs> right. So yeah. like, and I do it. That King of Tokyo is my second play of a game. Not on the list. Even yeah. yeah. Has, well, we discussed uh, it's not exactly a card game. <laughs> right. Uh, but Uno by uh, Country Mile is my favorite, is my favorite game to play of Flame is I think it's a brilliant design. Uh, and you know it's crazy eight, so like it's right there, right there in the classic card game, but with like a little bit of a flavor. Yeah, it's... So I mean, I'll be playing Uno for the rest of my life. I love it. And come at me, people. This is legitimate. This is not just you know uh, just something where it's like, oh well, he likes to play it with kids. I... He likes to... no, no, no. Uno is a good game, and if you are gonna, <laughs> and if I'm gonna get pushback from it, I really have to ask, you know. What what are we defining yeah. as a game? Are we really, you know, like I think that there's a, a gatekeeping issue when it comes to this stuff. Like we, we mm -hmm. need to, and I'm not going to call anybody a gatekeeper. I'm not going to say like, okay, well, yeah. you're, you know, a whole, I don't ever want to accuse any personal, any, any body of anything personal. It's just the spirit, the, the, the spirit, the thoughts that say this is a bad game because of perceived lack of decisions, because of the game plays you, you don't play it. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's it, yeah, raw, I mean, all that stuff fun. aside, sure, it's not the right game for a certain audience. But I mean, this right. is a game you could literally play with anyone on the planet. Anyone on the planet. Anyone on the planet. Uh, we, we, I mean, it, you could teach the rules to anybody with bare modicum of, of language in, in two minutes. And right. it's the ultimate pick-up-and-play game. It's maybe more activity than game, but it doesn't mean... I mean, this is about the people you're playing with as much as it is about the game. Uh, about slapping those cards down and getting a good laugh and you know <laughs> reversing and all of that kind of stuff. Now it's interesting. Right. I feel like in the in the however long I've been doing my show, I feel like I must have at least half a dozen times over the years said, well you know, this is really Uno for gamers kind of a thing. You know, that takes the basic idea. Like like mine, Oddball Aeronaut takes top trumps right. and then really adds another layer. Um or do you and have... I have that on my list? Don't worry. This you is do. Not okay. Okay. Cool. Munchkin cool, cool. is not is not coming up, people, or like these other games. Like as a matter of fact, in terms of a family style game, 
like Munchkin is is on that kind of sub list. Like right. I could have put Munchkin in this list because I don't mind Munchkin. I think Munchkin's cool. Munchkin um, has a really good use for the right. It has audience. a really good use, you know. And it, one of the games that got me into the hobby yeah, gaming. Yeah, but yeah. like in terms of like family portable card game, this is gonna be this is gonna hit my table. Every so time. as I understand it, well, I'm doing a countdown of you know my, my my least favorite. All I love all these to my most favorite. Your literary, you have ten card. Countdowns, where, where you're just telling us you're number one in each of these categories. That is correct. Wow, I believe Cinefix I does that games. for movies, <laughs> and it's great. All right, so this is your number one game. game for ultimate gateway uses, basically. Family, yeah. And family, no yeah. one can argue. There is what Mobile gateway games, game is more you know, gateway-ish than Uno? Right. Right. I, I'll allow it. Okay. All right. Alrighty, although I look forward to hearing what your Uno Plus game is coming up. But we will now move on to my number nine. Uh, a relatively new one, Coldest Night. And I don't ah, know if you know this nice. one. I do know this one, yes. Ah, excellent, cool. Then you know what I'm talking about. This game, it's amazing to me how incredibly thematic it is, considering mm -hmm. it is just a deck of simple cards. Um, another thing that's amazing to me is it's such a compelling cooperative experience, which is mm -hmm. not something that you see in traditional card games. The setting is, it is the coldest night. You and I and anybody else we're playing with, we are in a cabin in the woods. We are going to freeze to death by morning if we cannot keep the fire going. We have a handful of cards that represent everything in the cabin that we could burn. Each card has two stats. The left number is, how hot will the card burn if I throw it into the pile. This is, you know, I mean, there's so many card drafting games where it's all about, oh, here's the river and what cards am I going to take out of it? This is the opposite. This is what cards am I going to play in there? Because the mm. more cards we play, the hotter the fire burns and the more we will stay alive. But there are restrictions. Um, you can't have, I think it's more than four cards active as a time. And at the end of every round, the rightmost card burns out. And mm -hmm. so you constantly get this incredible sense of tension because, oh, I forgot, the other number, the ash value in the top right of every card, that tells you how hot the fire has to be burning for you to be able to play this card. And what will often happen is, like uh, what's on the screen right now, oh, I really want to burn this encyclopedia. It'll burn hot. Three is really good. But we need to get up to seven to burn that. And a lot of things only burn it like a one or a two. And the real problem is, I got to burn this. We win by getting all our cards played. And if I never get a chance, if the fire never gets hot enough for me to burn this encyclopedia, we'll, we won't make it to the end. And I can't tell you what's in my hand. That mm -hmm. is such an incredibly powerful tool to make a cooperative card experience where, um, I, I mentioned right up front, to me, it's all about tension. I so desperately need to know what's in your hand. Um, you know, that's true for poker. That's true for, I mean, you know, for any number of rummy style games. Mm -hmm. um, and But in here, a cooperative game, it's like, don't burn that card. You, you know, I hope you have that card so that you don't, uh, you know, because I need, you know, I have a gap in what I can do so I can hope you can fill that gap. So, and I love that. I love that feeling. I yeah. mean, this is, I mean, this is a, it was, a, this one didn't land as hard for me as it did for you. Okay. Uh, I, it, the, the theme kind of fell off for me. Mm, okay. Like at, the, at some point, it, you know, cause it like, I think of games as like magic tricks, right? You know, right. you either see the magic and it's like, whoa, or like a hand pops out and you see, you know, or like you, <laughs> you see the lady like walk out of the box before the they get sawed in half and it's just like, woof. You know, breaks the spell, and I just feel like there's a little bit of this game felt a little bit crunchy, you know. Um, you just, know, that's just probably why it attracts me, right? And why Uno, spoiler, folks, Uno's not going to make my list any further <laughs> later on. Um, I, I don't actually I don't think thinking Uno's about a my list. Game. No, that, I don't think I have 
anything <laughs> on my list that would actually work as a gateway. No, that's not true. I have one, I think, potential excellent gateway coming up. But for the most part, my games are going to be more crunchy, and they are trying to take classic card ideals and you know and morph them and turn them into something new and different based on you know just the evolution of the board game design uh that we all love so much yeah jenny we were really blown away by this um uh, you know there's other cool things too like instead of playing a card i can rest and that means i can i forget i think you get to draw a certain number of cards and then you can hand them out to your teammate if i think i think wow jason he's look at the cards he keeps playing he probably desperately needs this okay i'll hand it to him and then it turns out oh he didn't need that at all. He was just what you know. It, it's it's it offers so much. Then there's also these almost kind of party game tricks where when you you don't take damage in this game, you start um, suffering from maladies due to the cold, like memory loss, like hallucinations, numb fingers, and whatnot. And then players, uh, I can't solve the problem myself. My teammates have to play the right cards at the right time for me to shake off the you know the hurdles I've got to overcome. So the the the. The camaraderie in this game is fantastic, and it all centers around, I have to focus. What is Jason doing? Why did he play that? What does that mean about his hand? What should I do next? And I love it. Um, and it's, it's tense right up to the wire. It's also a relatively challenging game. And it's my number nine, The Coldest Night. Very cool. No, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. I have to. Uh, you're making me want to. I think this is going to happen a couple times because. Uh, so uh, full disclosure, we did not share our that list ahead of time yes. because I, I wanted Rado's excitement because he gets me excited. That's what that's what y'all subscribe for. So I think, he, you know, I have to get this back to the table. I have it here, so I, I need to get it back and see if I can get that feeling again. Of like, oh, I think so. I know. mean, yeah, it's. I, I, I think um, it, it requires, a it's deceptively deep. It requires, as you said, a lot of crunching, and you have to go in knowing that. And I can almost imagine, you know, maybe you just bounced against it because you expected it to be one thing, um, right. and then it turned out to be something else. But yeah. I expected it to be more like the grizzled. Mm, you know, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. I, I may have come into that because the grizzled is much lower in the crunch. Ex right? I agree. Very, I agree. Yes. It's very much like in terms of the above, like it, the cars enable above the table, kind of like, you know, back and forth. And I think I expected that. Yeah. And this is kind of like a next step beyond that. There's more going right. on, more to track. Um, Oh, and by the way, yeah, as Jason said, we literally don't know what's coming. Uh, here is the list of stuff. As you can see, I've just numbered everything. He hasn't seen any of my bitmaps. I haven't seen any of his bitmaps. We're just <laughs> going through them one at a time in oh, reverse cool. order from 10 to 1. So that was my number nine. Jason, right. tell me tell me your number nine. So my number nine is, I guess the category here would be uh, gamer filler. Right. I, okay. mean, I want to. Okay. Uh, I'm, I, and I, you know, I, back when in the before times we used to go to game stores, there would always be that 20 minutes or so where we're waiting for a game to get together. We're sure. waiting for more players to come in. And, you know, we want to fill the time. We don't just want to like talk. God forbid. Uh, we want to like, you know, fill, fill a little nice fun time. But in my, I'm in a game store, so I can't just whip out Uno. That wouldn't. That wouldn't <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. But I want something with low overhead, low teaching and or or something that I could just like get to the table and just have, have that quick good time and then and then move on. What so, is it? What's that? What is it? Okay. <laughs> You're killing me. Um, so it has to be a card variant, right? So like I uh, I think the game you were referring to, the video, the, the review that he saw on the Dice Tower, uh, was for Red Rising, and then the game would be Fantasy Realms. Mm-hmm. So then Fantasy Realms is a perfect game for that. You know, just play it down, you know, uh, teach it and you it's a gamer rummy, blah blah blah. It is not fantasy realms. Dude, you, have you ever done a top ten before? You don't spend all your time the, talking about games you're not including? 
You told me card games. Yep, yep, so yep, yep. I get to I get to talk about twenty five card games. Yep. Uh, this game is Beastie Bar. Um, oops. Ah, you wait. Ah, shoot. Go back full screen. There we go. From Stefan Klaus, Beastie Bar. Have I've you never not heard of this? Bar? Wow. I I stumped Rado. <laughs> you totally did. Let me ask Very you: cool. Is this a three player minimum game? No, you can play a two-player. Okay, okay. Well, if it was three-player, that's why I wouldn't have heard of it because I'm two-player or bust. But Beastie no, no, I, this Bar, is actually, tell us. I like this game at two, three, and four, actually. Okay. I like this game at all the different player counts. So, uh, okay, so I meet you at a game. You, We got 20 minutes to kill. Why do you pull this out of your pocket? Okay, so Beastie Bar is, it's, a, it, it's, it's very simple. It's like, okay, everybody has cards 1 to 11 in a color. And you see the different colors over there. You see the green and the red and everything. And then every individual card has a power. And that power will operate in that central role. So you see the central role that's yeah. displayed. Uh, so you see there's like different animals, right? The parrot, the monkey, and the zebra. So then it, the concept of the game is that you're trying to get your animals into the bar. Okay. Right? And then uh, so, and th so what they're going to do is you play an uh, animal in there and they're going to jostle each other. So like, you know, the monkey, the monkey itself does nothing, but if you play a second monkey, then they'll all rush to the front. And if you see the gorilla, the gorilla's there, uh, you know, he's the bouncer. He's going to let you in the, he's going to let you in the bar. So, so in this image that I've got on screen for folks who are listening to the podcast, basically there's a, a, a string of cards on the table that represents the line to get in and the bouncer right. is holding them out. Okay. That's right. Okay. That's right. And then, and they, and this is a really pretty mean game. Ooh. So like, you know, the parrot Maybe will come that's in why and, I've like, never heard of it. and like kill another card and then yeah. you'll have a. You know, um, the, the skunk will come in and kill another card, and the skunk art is kind of nasty. I did not include the skunk. You kind of see some <laughs> stuff coming out of its rear end. But, okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, but it has that kind of humor. And, like, each animal has a different uh, power. Once you get to five in that central tableau, then there's, like, okay, the bouncer lets people in. It will let the first two cards in, and then it will let and it will kick the last card out Ooh. and, like, throw it in the oh, trash. Okay. So, like, you don't want your card that at the very least you don't want your car to be last because that'll be in like the you know the the bum area so like gotcha. you know, get out of here uh or or you know the the person you know, the person that does not want to be inside the the club and then so and you score the first two cards so you're jostling it is such a jostly game right. i love it playing cards uh, to the line using the powers of those cards to manipulate right. the line when the line fills up you don't want to be left out in the cold you don't want to be left out in the cold gotcha. so and and it's not the easiest game to teach in the world because every card has a rule. But as uh -huh. you can see in that little closer thing, the rule is listed on the bottom. So like you see the seal, that one flips the entire line. So like the last is first and the first is last just because it shows up and does that. Okay. okay. Uh, and then so each so – once you get to know the iconography, then it's, it, play, it works out because it's all kind of there. But teaching it could be a little bit of a thing. But once you get past that barrier – I love this game. <laughs> wow. Well, obviously, it's on the list. And it takes 15 minutes to play. It's mm. only you're only playing your you're playing out. I think it's like 12 cards. You're playing through oh, you know, okay. one card. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's so a quick, is, okay. Let's go again. Kind of game. There is a follow up. I think there are two follow ups at this point with different cards, different powers. You can mix and match. Yeah. No. Beastie Bar is an excellent game. I don't play it enough. All right. Well. Um... You haven't convinced me because it's so mean, but it's it, pretty mean. I, I certainly like the art. <laughs> and I, I think I have played some bigger, heavier, jostly type games like that. And I, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, that, uh, yeah, that kind of fight for dominance. It's, it's really, to a certain extent, it's kind of an area control game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Interesting. Cool. Alrighty. Um, Beastie Bar? Beastie Bar. All right. Number nine. My number eight 
is the, I think it's the th closest thing I've got to a gateway. I uh, will uh, ask for your opinion, uh, Jason. What do you think about Lost Cities? That is a classic card game. Mm -hmm. it, yep. it, it is a classic. I, I, I would say it is, you can, I could play this game with my dad and my dad does not play cards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so for folks who don't know, uh, I think most people do, uh, this is a very simple two-player head-to-head uh, competition where players are trying to put on a series of expeditions to archaeological sites around the world. And what that means is you are playing strings of cards to your side of the board. Although for the record, the board is completely superfluous! The board I is have, not necessary at all. Yeah, not necessary. <laughs> I, I, I I did not know the theme of this game was putting on expeditions. I, <laughs> I'm a theme guy, and the theme is so paper thin here. It I is. It very much is. Although, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, once you've actually made your expedition, if you take all the cards and you lay them out, they create this big, beautiful panorama uh -oh, okay. of the, I, I mean, which nobody notices because everybody just looks at the numbers because you have to play in increasing numbers. The danger part, the thing that really um, screws the attention, there's two things. One, as soon as I've got my hand of cards and I say, oh, well, I want to start out with low cards because I want to get all, I mean, once I played a two, I, I, you know, once I played a five, I can't play a four or three or a two. So I've got to keep on working my way up. As soon as I start an expedition, by starting one of these strings, or um, what do you call these? Uh, straights. I start one of these straights, I immediately lose 20 points. Right. Which thematically represents the investment into the... Uh, right. There's theme here, man. Come on. It's right there for you. Um, and so as soon as I start a thing, I am so deep in the hole. And right. I have to dig my way out. Um, but the question Especially is... Especially if you do multiple. Like if you start multiple groupings, then yep, you're yep, really, yep. really in the hole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's this game tempts you to take chances and it can so blow up in your face. And the reason is because the other tension-filled thing is um, I've got cards in my hand that I'm either going to play to, you know, extend my expedition and therefore put myself in danger of, you know, basically going broke, or I'm going to play them to the central board. And when I do that, that might be the card that Jason is desperate for. That yep. might be the perfect card. And I yep. know that with every single card that he's been sitting on, you know, um, you know, uh, 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 a four or five, a seven, a nine, and a ten, and he's just been waiting. I know that three's out there. It's somewhere. <laughs> and, I've, and he's gone the whole game holding that. Right, Never right, right, once right. indicating he's got that red string just waiting to go. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess maybe he doesn't care about the reds, and I don't care. I'll just put this red three up. Go! And then, boom, there he goes. He has an incredible expedition. And, of course, it goes both ways. Every turn, Jason's having to think long and hard about, if I put that out there, does my opponent care? So, again... It's that tension of, what do I have in my hand? What am I holding back? What have I given away? What have I told you based on the cards I've already played? Am I bluffing? Did I put that out there because I didn't care about green when I'm all about green? Oh man, I hope I get that green back that I played, but I had to put something out there and I think you're not going to take it. There's an incredible amount of depth, and there is a reason that this design from Reiner Knizia is widely regarded as the premier couples card game in modern yes. board gaming. It's very easy to teach. I would say the only complex thing about it is that idea. It's just kind of hard to get our head around, oh, I'm literally at negative 20 points. And um, I, I, I think probably everybody's been there the first time. You just don't appreciate um, just right. how debilitating that can be and how careful you have to be. But and, it's and brilliant. I was thinking of like teaching this game and thinking of like, you know, because I think the instinct of, of to, you know, in a regular card game, because there are there's no negative points in a regular classic card game. Right. Like, you just like start sets. Like if, especially if you start like a rummy style game, like if you're playing rummy five hundred, like okay, I'm going to play this set, this set, this set, this set, and like work on stuff. And here you can't do that. 
You yep. can't just like work on stuff. <laughs> you yep, have yep. to be you have to be really, really selective. And if you and if you know you're gonna try to go for like that shoot the moon aspect of like you're gonna put up do a whole bunch of sets at once, you have to know that. It yep. can't just caught you by surprise. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So no, that's really a just an amazing design. design, so pure and elegant. It feels like it is a design that could have been done in the mid eighteen hundreds. And that people could have been playing it for two centuries. When in fact, it's just, you know, it's in our lifetime. And it's it's absolutely incredible. The only thing that bugs me about it is I've played this easily a couple dozen times, if not more, with my wife. I don't know that I have ever won once. I am so <laughs> bad at it. That's, that's what keeps it lower on the list. I will cop to that because it is absolutely brilliant. My, uh, my number eight, Lost Cities. My number eight, it goes along those lines. It okay. is my favorite two-player card game. Okay. And I really strongly considered Lost Cities. I also considered Battle Line, also from Ride of Kalisia. Mm -hmm. A very good, just back-and-forth two-player card game. I'm cheating here just a bit because this game is so good. It's my favorite two-player My favorite two-player game, period. Um, it is Raptor from ah. Bruno Faduti and Bruno Cathala. All right. So... I forgot, uh, by the way, folks, here's my other pretty picture. I totally forgot. I was so wrapped up, and I forgot I had a third picture. Look how pretty. So you can see, you can see the, the, when, when you get is, them all yeah. played out, it makes these lovely tableaus. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I totally stole your thunder. What were you talking about? Oh, right. Raptor. Gotcha. I, I'm, I'm on Rado Runs Through. Rado's going to run through my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain about that. Anyway, um, so the reason I'm quote unquote cheating is because there is a board, and and you uh, in this game on the central board, you are going to have yep, there you go. Yep. Uh, you're gonna have uh, it's asymmetric. So like one side is dinosaur, mama dinosaur, and her little kids, uh, and then on the other side are scientists trying to capture the dinosaur. So are you going to uh, be a dinosaur and save your kids and like munch down on some scientists? Or is a scientist, because you see that they're operating a gun, uh, going to be able to kind of take out the, the babies and, and do experiments. Very highly asymmetric. Yeah. Um, the cards in this game is why I wanted to talk about this. Okay. Uh, which I didn't pick a picture with the cards. So I sure I should have picked a picture with the cards. You're the, a the, monster! The dinosaurs are so cool. And this is the <laughs> only one with a board, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> and I can imagine like kind of having a version of this where it's just cards and uh, cards in, on the table and you're manipulating them. Anyway, um, how it works is you have a cards one through nine you get you and you draw a hand of three and then um, you play face down uh, simultaneously and then you reveal simultaneously. And then the, so it's, it's one to nine. And so the lower player is going to be able to do an action on the card. So the action could be lay down some fire and – you know, or if you're the scientist, you know, like move a lot. And then the if you play that the higher number, then you are going to uh, yeah, there you go. Yep. Uh, then you are going to um, get action points. So like if I lay down a four, I'm going to do whatever the four card says. And then if the, my opponent lays on a seven, they get three actions. Right. Right. So there's a couple of things that are happening. So like I have to figure out, OK, what are they going to do? What have they played already? Because this card is public until you play another card that picks them up. So looking at the other card, what are they going to do? Look at the board. And are they going to play low? In which case, I want to play the highest card possible, get a lot of actions. Oh, oh I mean, does the number – um, it's how many actions, but it's also the initiative, right? It's who gets to go first? I think you just said that? It's the lowest number. The lower card always has initiative. Right, right, right. Card. But has fewer actions. They have to do the action on the on the card. So mm. like if you play that four and you're a scientist, there's like sleeping babies. You could put two babies to sleep. And and putting oh, them to the sleeve is like the step one before capturing them. Right. Uh, so then that you just do the action of the card. But if you play the higher number, then you get action points, do stuff. Gotcha, Move gotcha, your gotcha. First one, or you know, uh, take it a, 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 
attack action depending on who you're playing. So it it oh, I love it. I love this game. And this is another therapy game. Is that I just played this game last week with a, a client, and they had a lot of fun. It feels it just feels like I, I know it has a board, but it feels so classic. It feels so like. I'm, you know, I, I have cards, you have cards, and we're trying to figure out so much of the game happens above the board. Yeah. The board seems like it is it is truly in service of the head game that happens with the two. And that's what that to me feels like classic cards. So that's why I was able to okay. make an exception. I don't know, man. You're stretching it. That's get out of here. It's a board game, man. <laughs> are we gonna see wingspan a little bit later on? Are you, gonna, are you gonna pull out some terraforming Mars while you're at it? Oh, please. Well, I mean, I do know. I mean, yeah, this is a very well-loved game. I mean, when it came out, so many people were playing this so obsessively at conventions. It's it's just a perfect little thing. And yeah, the asymmetry, too. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you're the dinosaur, you're one dino mama trying to protect your babies. If yeah. you're the scientist player, you've got like two or three scientists who are trying to triangulate and coordinate their moves, right? We actually have, I think it's nine scientist pieces total. Wow. So like you're kind of like swarming, but you don't have them all at once. Like you start with four. Oh, okay. And then you have cards that can summon the scientists. So like you, as a scientist player, it's like, okay, am I going to focus on just getting all my scientists out there and swarming around? Am I going to focus on just maximizing the science that I have on the board, get them into position because it's hard, you know, the movement is at a premium in this game. Yep. Uh, and, you know, or am I going to focus on just kind of like getting action points? Am I going to take out the mama or am I going to, you know, try to capture the babies? Oh, oh, <laughs> I love this game. And it's for that above the table experience. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Figure out what is in my opponent's, what's in his hand and what's in his head. Yes. Or her. If I'm playing with a her. Which is, like you said, I mean, that's, at the end of the day, we're here to talk about those cards. You, Absolutely. I mean, what's on the board, that's known. It's what's in right. the, your opponent's hand, that's where the game lives. Exactly. Yep, I get that, so, I get that. My, my one little exception, everything else is pure cards. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, yeah. Everybody knows I'm full of goofs. Uh, you, you come here to goof up, it's okay. The audience will definitely <laughs> love you. I stand by everything I said earlier. Still, go check out Shelf Stories, one of the best board game channels going today. In spite <laughs> of... Uh, people, if you don't approve of my choice of Raptor, then pretend I said Lost Cities and move on with There we life. go, there we go, yeah. I thought Lost <laughs> Cities might have been a potential uh, crossover. But maybe we'll, we'll see. No spoilers. So, you're number eight, um, Raptor. All right. Yeah. Then we move on to my number seven, Beyond Baker Street. I don't know if you know it. I know it, yep. You know it, okay. Um, folks might know it by another name, Hanabi. Uh, you know, Which, make no by, the way, yes. by the way, the, the, the designer swears mm -hmm. that this is not a Hanabi ripoff. Okay. <laughs> Robin and uh, came up with it on their own, independent? I had not heard I, that. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I, doubt I, I find that hard, hard to believe. But regardless, you know, I I could have easily put Hanabi on my list. But, uh, you know, because Hanabi is an amazing game. Sherlock Holmes is an amazing game. Uh, they both have the same DNA. This idea, I, I talked about right up front, I care so much about, I need to figure out what's in my opponent's hand. In this right. game, I so desperately need to figure out What's in my hand? My hand. Because I can't see it. I hold all the cards and everybody else around the table. In Hanabi, it's uh, we're trying to do fireworks. It's a very abstract game. One of the things I like about um, uh, Baker Street above Hanabi is it does feel more thematic. We are literally Scotland Yard detectives trying to solve a case before Sherlock Holmes does. And the thing is, I, I kind of love the thematic. It feels appropriate. I'm a detective. I've got all this evidence, but I can't piece it together. 
I don't know what it all means. And that's physically represented by the fact that I can't see my cards. And so, I have to rely on my fellow detectives. Because in Hanabi and Baker Street, what uh, Jason can do on his turn is look and say, Oh, I see you got a bunch of cards there. You know, that card and that card, that's a two. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's good to know. Because this is a game, like uh, Lost uh, Cities, uh, about playing straights. You have to play uh, you know, an ascending series of cards, and we have to do it cooperatively. And we have to work together, because sometimes I've, I've got my next card I need to play, but somebody else has to play that three! Where is that three? Um, you know, do I have the three? Why, if I do, why won't somebody tell me about the three? Because nobody knows I'm really... You know, it's 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 so great. Um, both games are fantastic. I prefer this because of the thematic trappings, and it adds a bunch more gamery stuff. Players can have special powers, depending on whether they're Inspector Lestrade or somebody else. And um, there's a bit more going on. Um, I think you're trying to build to three decks at the same time instead of just one master deck. And uh, you know, so it's, it's just a little bit deeper. Um, a great presentation, but you know what? I could have just as easily said Hanabi. Uh, I have to admit, of the two, I I almost was about to say I've played hundreds of hours of Hanabi. That's not the case, but it kind of feels like I have, because that is probably the game I played with my wife's parents, my in-laws, more than oh. any other game. <laughs> I mean, uh, that and Dixit are the two games we've just played to death. And um, you know, and when finally Beyond Baker Street came out, and it's like, oh no, this is one for me and Jen to really go deep. Um, I, I, I fell in love with it. It is my number seven, Beyond Baker Street. Would you count Dixit, since you mentioned it, as a card game? <sighs> it's all cards. I, it is all honestly, cards. as I said it, I was thinking to myself, why didn't I consider <laughs> Dixit when I was making this list? <laughs> I think I would have to. By my own definition, Dixit is all about trying... Well, no, it's not about trying to figure out what's in your hand. It's trying to figure yeah. out, once everybody's played a card, who played what. Right. So that is different. That's more about what's on okay. the table. As opposed to okay. what's in your hand. You're right, you're so right. I will say no. No! And, no. <laughs> and I scoff at you for even mentioning it, sir. But you had me going for a second, actually. Got it. No, no, no. I mean, it's a, this is a solid game. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an obvious solid game. You know, it's... We'll, uh, you know... Yeah. Although, uh, what I will say is, like, there are some times yeah. where... Like, it, I think the biggest example for me was King of New York and King of Tokyo. Okay. Where... Theoretically, it's like, oh, I love this game. I would love the more complicated one, yes. or like this slightly more gamery one. Mm -hmm. And I don't like King of New York. I'd rather have King of Tokyo. I, I, you're not alone in that. And I can certainly see that being the case here. That people say, oh my gosh, well, I have to try it. It's Hanabi Plus. It's Hanabi taken to an 11. And, you know, that means it does lose something. It loses some of that purity and that kind of elemental nature. It, 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 Hanabi is closer to Lost Cities. You know, right. um, in that it's just so simple. You can teach the rules in five minutes. Beyond Baker Street has a lot of chrome layered on top. And, you know, and that can, to a certain extent, get in the way of the beauty of the premise. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if we haven't heard the last of this style of game. No, but maybe, maybe. We'll maybe. So what is your number seven, sir? My number seven. Uh, so we have had the innovation of the strategic Euro card game. Okay. That's why I love the hobby game. Like in like I'm not against like you no know, next step games. Like if you do a next step game, well I'm all in. Uh, so like a game like Oh My Goods, or mm. um, the, a game like um, even the you know this one has a board, but like you know Terraform Mars Ares Expedition, which just came out. I know you did the the video for it yep, pretty yep. recently. I believe, you know, just like that pure, elegant card game, but like strategy, right? Yes. Something, something with a long-term payoff. Yeah. Uh, my preferred one for this is the Castles of Burgundy card game. Ah, yes. Okay. So the Castles of Burgundy card game is the Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, yes. 
It is the Council of and I'm not a like a, a pure Euro player, but the the elegance of this system, the tightness of this system, uh, it's one of those games that everything I feel you you tug on one piece and then like another piece kind of another four pieces kind of pull on it. So it's like if I <laughs> you know, it it really is I I I'd love this game so much, like in terms of like uh solitaire game, because I play it solitaire because it, it has it a, has an excellent solitaire mode. A, and that's right. Like, five years ago, this made my top 10 solo list when I did a solo list five nice. years ago because its solo is so fantastic. And it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it's like a, it's like the Aaron bot or whatever it is. is that what the, I think it was Something the Something like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and it's like, it's just five cards uh, and you, you know, or it's a series of cards that are face down and you put, you put them up and you have to beat that, that score because it's set, it's forming its own sets. Yep. Another game where you have to form sets, but it, to get there, you know, you have the, you know, it, you you pulled that you pulled the cards. I, I don't even remember how. I don't even want to describe it. It's just like a Euro game. <laughs> it's a Euro yeah, yeah. Well, game. it's a Steffenfeld game. It is captures right. the Castle of Burgundy, one of the greatest Euro games of all time. And I, I was going to say distills it down. And yet somehow, when you play this game, it ends up taking up more table space than the original Castles of Burgundy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it d- distills it down in terms of like mind space. Like yeah. It, like I don't. In Castle Burgundy, I have to care, like kind of like about everything. But like here, I care about what's in the market, and I yes. care about what's in my hand. Yep. And I care in so far as like I want to see what you have, so I can draft it away from you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're working on blues, I want to be able to draft the blues, but I don't really have to. I'm, fo- I'm focusing on my stuff. And if I'm playing the solo bot, I'm really focused on just what's going on in front of me. And I love it. I, I think it's a fabulous solo, and I come back to it all the time. So yeah, Castle Burgundy card game. I, it weird for me because I'm known as a thematic guy, but like, no, give me give me cards, baby. Yep. Give you know, and and I'm you know, again, this is not a classic feeling card game, but like you know, this is the next step on this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is just it it feels so good. It feels like an evolved, a very evolved solitaire game with strategy. I, so like I, there's I, different types of solitaire games. Like some of them are more like on the tactical end, which was coming up on my list. This one would be on more on the long-term strategy end. Make a mistake that the thread breaks and you can't get to the thing, you know, because you have to build up to your your sets and you have to make sure you have like your greens and your reds and everything lined up. And that you lay the track for that early. And that has to pay off by the end. Yep. And I love that. I absolutely love it. And I think Castleberg card game does it better than anything. And it reduces to like a, a magic like one of them um Upper deck deck boxes. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes up no shelf space at all. Zero. Very shelf. quick to set up and play. Very quick to play. Although not as quick as you'd think. You'd think, oh, this is a quick little 10, 15 minute game. No, 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 no. You'll be there for a while. It's it's a meal. Yeah. It is. A, and if, and, and uh, I played at a hotel. It'll take up the whole bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I but would. The, tra- the travel size is great. Yep, I, I would have put this. Uh, given this serious consideration, but it's a kind of card game. I you know, I know you're t- as you said right up front. You know, there's the kind of card game where it's all about right. What am I going to get out on the board? It's almost an engine builder as a card game kind of a thing. And I was leaving those off the list, but if I was including that type, this I mean, it's fantastic. It's really really good. Excellent choice for your number seven, Castles of Burgundy, the card game. Okay, well here we go to my number six. This is my ba- best last hope uh, since we didn't. Uh, well, actually, I don't know yet. There might still be Lost Cities in the future. It's kind of got a vibe. We'll see if we have any crossover with my number six, Red Rising. Okay. All right. Um, you recently did a couple of very good videos uh, about this very game, and you really spoke to me right on here. a deep it's level. It's right here. It's, it's right there. Yep. Bam. I, 
Yep, I know you love it. I didn't give it away. It's all here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's an interesting. There's a lot to talk about with this game. You know, the history of it, the development of it, the inspiration for it. Um, and you know what? I talked about all that in my coverage. And actually, Jason has talked quite a bit about it on his channel as well. He had kind of a really good debate that I absolutely loved with a uh, uh, another gamer who steadfastly insisted it's a themeless game. It's just Mark an exercise in numbers. And your argument, which I completely agree with, is that no, this this is actually based on a very popular series of science fiction novels. Um, it tells the story of, of humanity's future in the solar system, and you know we, um, we're in a caste-based system. And um, if you're assigned gold, you're at the top of the heap. If you're a red, you're a lowly laborer. If you're a purple, I think that means you're in media. And it's all about this color caste system. And um, in gameplay, what happens is I've got a handful of cards. Uh, at the end of the game, whatever cards are in my hand, they have a thing at the bottom that says how many points they will score. And you'll score lots of points. This is a super high-scoring game. And um, there's also a whole bunch of cards out on the table. Again, there's a board. The board is not necessary at all. You can totally play this game without the board. Um, but what you have to do is, on your turn, most of the time, you have to take one of those precious cards from your hand that you want to keep, because you can see how many points it's going to be worth for you at the end of the game, and you have to put it on one of the stacks of cards that are on the board, and then recover a card from a different stack. So you are constantly, throughout this game, you have a small hand. I think you start with five? Maybe it's yeah, six. Five. Uh, yeah, and over the course so of the game, you, your hand size minutes. might fall Seven. or might climb, but at the end of the game, whatever cards you have, that's what you're going to score. You're constantly giving those cards away. You're constantly getting other cards back. It kind of has a similar vibe on some level to Lost Cities, that I'm terrified of putting this out because this could be the perfect card for you, but I've got to play something, and i got to pick up that other card over there. Every one of these cards has really interesting special powers, and they all combo in all kinds of different ways. There's lots of different ways to score points, what type of resources you're collecting, and there's an area control game going on. There's a race game going on. And um, yeah, I, I, I am absolutely over the moon with it. The last thing I have to give credit where credit is due. You already mentioned earlier um, Fantasy Realms. Mm -hmm. Which, um, you know, Jamie Stegmeier, the designer of Red Rising, gave full credit in his rulebook saying, I love Fantasy Realms. It blew me away. It inspired me and helped me um, come up with a way to capture his favorite book series of all time and turn it into a game. And this is really Fantasy Realms, again, kind of taken to an 11. Fantasy Realms is a game that does a similar thing. Hey, I, I play a card. I, I get rid of a card that's going to score me points to get a different one that hopefully will score me more points. And in doing that, I'm potentially giving you opportunities. But this one adds multiple decks that you're dropping cards in and pulling them out of. All kinds of special effects, different point scoring mechanisms. And, uh, oh, and it's great looking to boot. It's, uh, it's, it is a stunner. Um, there is a problem if you get the deluxe edition that the cubes you use to keep track of some scoring stuff. Uh, they're all metal, so they really feel good in the hand, but they look a little too close if you're not in super bright sunlight. But uh, that's my only complaint, because I'm, I'm over the moon with Red Rising. My number was it? Number six. I like Red Rising. I like Fantasy Realms better because I like the simpler product. Totally and Fantasy Realms did, did not make the list, so Red Rising is not on this list. But I liked it, and I'm keeping it. And the the point I made uh, against Mark, and we will agree to disagree. Yes. Uh, that, oh, yeah, you're going to say it. I love this right. phrase. I know your phrase you're going to say. Say it. I love it. <laughs> uh, so Mark was ex – I think Mark was expecting more of an immersive experience. Yes. Right? So an immersive, like, okay, I want to be in the world. I want to be a character. 
in the world. Like I want to feel like Daryl. Daryl's the the main character, yeah. and he wanted more in terms of like you know filling it, fill me in. Like okay, tell me more about the world. Don't just tell show me the cards. Give me a little narrative. Give me a little background. He wanted to be pulled in. Yeah, and I'm like okay. And, and he said this, Jamie Stegall. I was like, I tried to make that game and it didn't work out. Yep. Um, but this game is simpler, and I just wanted to, and I wanted to make the world. I wanted to evoke the world. Mm-hmm. So then I made a distinction between immersive thematic and evocative. Thematic. I love it. Ah! It is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that is and such so, a beautiful encapsulation of two different approaches to right. thematic gaming. You know. Right. Yeah, does it make you lose yourself in a world of deep storytelling and layer upon layer, or does it let you conjure up ideas in your own mind? Right, does it evoke right. the spirit and feeling of this world as opposed to deeply inform you about all the nooks and crannies of the world? They're both right. totally valid ways to go, but I do think the immersion is generally what the industry, what what most hardcore gamers are looking for. And Fantasy I love flight, this minis, yeah. <clears throat> Whole, yeah, I mean, I love and, playing this game, and you know, I play Darrow, and he allows me to collect this reporter, who I then use to actually report on the rising, um, you know, space fleet, because that lets me trigger another thing. To me, the connections are there, but it lets me tell my own story, um, mm-hmm. you know, because evoking this world. I absolutely loved it when you said that. I was like, oh, I got to write that down. I got to use that uh, um, when I'm talking about theme <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, I think the analogy I use is like, okay, you can have, a, you can go to a restaurant, you can have them cook the meal, or you could order ingredients and cook the meal yourself. Yeah. And yes. there's, they're, they're both, you get a meal at the end of the day, and it, and it's going to be delicious. Yep. So yeah, I mean, and 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 I find that immersive thematic games are expensive. Yes. <laughs> To get there, you have to have the minis and the boards and the, you know, the the art uh, out the yin yang and everything. And that's like, you know, I, I mean, I love that, but I mean, those are expensive products. I, you know, this Red Rising not that expensive. I can get it at Target or I can get it at these like different stores, and yep. it, it puts me, it, it points me in the right direction. I'm a creative guy. I don't need it to do more than that. Yeah. And you know, I had Jamie on the uh, show. He said one point that I did not agree with. He's like, uh, there's tough decisions, like character based decisions that you have to make, and I don't get that. Um, mm. Okay, fine. If he, you get it, fine, Jamie. Well, that's because he knows um, this game better than anybody in the world. Yeah, he's, he's so into it. It's like, okay, I have the jackal. The jackal doesn't work with this. It's like, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just... We like, might I, all I, get there someday, but... Right. I like being in the world. Yeah. Uh, what I did appreciate, and this will be my last point, what he said when I had him on the show, he said... What I wanted to do was make people curious about the books. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like present enough. I wanted to open a little bit of a, a, the door, a little bit of a crack, and present the appealing enough product to be for people to go off on their own, inspired by their curiosity. And like how Mark put it was like, this game's making me do research. And <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's not curiosity. That's just like obligation. Like if you if yeah. that's what you feel, then don't do it. But if you feel that genuine curiosity, it's like, ooh, I want to know more about this. And I've had a lot of games do that. Like I've you know like a fantasy flight game makes you curious about Cthulhu. Like yeah. a, a Cthulhu, curious about Lovecraft. So it's like you can play that game. It's like, oh, I want to read, you know, the Dunwich like legacy, and I want to read these other things. That's like a really great thing, a role that games can fill, and I think Red Rising does that. It's interesting. You're right. It's a different kind of gateway. It's a gateway to an entirely different thing. And to Jamie's point, the first time Jen and I played this, and we played it several times since, her first thought was, I should really look into these books. Um, because, because, yeah, it, it sparked curiosity and joy in her. Uh, my number six, Red Rising. What do you got for number six? All right, number six. Uh, so I, I don't know quite know what to call this, but um, game like Casino, uh, or a game like what I what I when I grew up, we had played a game called Steal the Old Man's Pack, where you have your cards, but then there's a a, a a bunch of cards in the middle, 
and your 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 card play kind of manipulates what's there. So like in casino, you're trying to collect these sets that like you know you're trying to collect the tens and the twelve and the pairs and that kind of thing. Okay. And you know the 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 middle refills, and you're just kind of like trying to get acquire as much as possible. Right. So then I like that basic card play. I don't know what to call it, but there you go. Um, and an evolved version of this is a cooperative game called The Banishing. Oh, okay. Cooperative. You've got right. my interest, sir. <laughs> this is a uh, and it, it's it's three to five. See, man, it may ah, and you just lost me. But but you can easily play two characters. Oh, okay. characters without uh, sacrificing no, two and two. It's it's very very easy. And there's also uh, designer rules for just like pure adult two player. So what uh, is up with that? I'm sorry, I'm gonna go off on a side rant here for a second because we mentioned <laughs> Fantasy Realms earlier. Right. One of the reasons Fantasy Realms isn't on my list is because it officially doesn't support two players. Right. And I didn't play it for years because of that. But it totally supports two players. It totally supports it. I don't get it. I, yeah, and, and apparently here's another one that I probably right. saw this at some point. Said, oh, cooperative card game, interested, three-player, Instapass. And why are right. they hiding that? Okay, I don't you can get continue, it. sir. So, okay, so you are a, you're the adventurer. So you okay. see the player boards over here. So you have the healer and the slayer and the barbarian. And you have, I think it's eight classes coming to base game somewhere around there. So you have some variety. And what you're trying to do is you have your hand of cards, and your cards are all symbols. And you're mm -hmm. trying to um, collect enough symbols off of the board to cast your spells. Okay. And the spells are just, you know, you, you, uh, you can play a set, and you cast a spell, and you deal with the monsters in the middle. Right? So, like, you have... Uh, you know, so that uh, in this particular case, so like, um, I know <laughs> you, you messed me up. <laughs> no, I <laughs> see the switch pictures. Yeah. Yeah. You, you messed up on the switch pictures. Anyway. Uh, okay. So the, in the middle, there are these monsters and the yes. board is just going to fill up with both symbols and monsters. And the monsters are bad. The symbols are good. In this you little three symbols. by three grid. Yeah. In that little three by three grid. You collect the symbols, you mash symbols to cast spells. Okay. Uh, eventually you're going to want to um, bank a certain number of cards, I think 10 cards, and that's like the all uber spell. Okay. So like, you know, you have to collect a, a maximum blue, a, a set of blue cards to cast your uber spell to be able to actually banish, you know, banishing, uh, and, you know, remove cards from the game. And you move 10 cards, you win. But you have to go through the deck with these monsters. And the monsters, um, because you can only collect them like orthogonally, you can't just collect one card, you have to collect all the cards in an orthogonal row. Oh wait, okay, so if you're saying if I take the top left, that's the one I want. I also have to take the thing immediately to the right of it and immediately below it. You either have to take it horizontal or vertical. Okay, so you have so to take have the to entire take... row or – okay. Right. And so if I take the – you know, if this, so if there's three just cards there, then that's fine. Great. Or three symbols, then that's fine. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have to figure it out. So, okay, let's say I want that green, those two green cards up top. It's like I can take those, but then I take that monster, and that represents a wound. Okay. And the more wounds I get, you know, if I get enough wounds, then I lose my powers. And if I get too many wounds, then I die and the game's over. Mm -hmm. So you have to, that's decision space. Decision space is, you know, I need my cards, I need my spells, I need to power these spells, but how do I manipulate the, the central tableau in order to minimize the wounds that I take? Okay. And there's items so that you can, you know, block wounds coming in. And, you know, so like armor and shield and wands. So, like, you, you know, it says, uh, I don't know, the armor is like, okay, uh, your health goes up one. Okay. So like uh, you see that. So the you can, heart you on the can take the right. monsters without being bothered. Yeah. You can take more monsters right. without being bothered. Uh, and then you know that the wand and the shield do, do different things. Some people have powers where you can manipulate the 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 central board. So like you know move cards around. You, there's a way to do that. Some cards are like you know uh, like the barbarian just like murder slaughters. They have barely <laughs> any spells, but like they can kill monsters in a sweep. And I love it. I I mean I. Oh. 
<laughs> I love manipulating a central a board, like a central uh, square of cards. I love manipulating that. Right. I love so, having spells. And you say I it's love cooperative. The, so I assume, like yeah. in the image we got right here, you know, in the in the center column, there's a blue, a red, and a monster. And I might be desperate for that blue. And I've right. got two ways I could get it. I could get that blue, but take two monsters off the horizontal, and that might kill me. Or I could right. take the uh, vertical, and get, but then I pick up the red, and you're like, no, I need that red. I assume you have that kind of tension as yeah, well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and like, or you could say if someone's been in front of you, it's like, look, I need that blue. I need you to take care of that monster. Okay. And like, you might even have a situation where like, you are beefy, like, uh, warrior. And it's like, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to take three monsters. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> just to get these out of the way it. so that you can take the two spells that are right. perfect. Dude, this sounds fantastic. Why is this not two players out of the gate? I have no clue. I am as befuddled as you are. It is a fabulous game if for two players. Like, I, and you, I mean, you can play two characters each okay. because it makes it a four-player game, and it's very, very easy. Yeah. You know, because your hand doesn't grow. You don't have to read any cards. Yeah. So, like, that—that's a thing for card players. Like, they, people don't like playing multi-handed because generally, I don't either. Time, yeah. In those types of games, there's like two sets of things to read. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to read. Like, everybody just has their own powers. You get to know them very easily, and it's just symbol collecting. So, have so you I, played I, it as I a two-player game? What was that? Have you played it as a two-player game successfully? Many times. Okay, so you Many give times. it a, a two-player stamp of approval, The I Vanishing. No question. Oh, wow. The Vanishing. It's out of print. Uh, you know it's, what? I, mm -hmm. it's, this, I just see it's from publisher WizKids. Yep. WizKids is also Fantasy Realms. Yeah. <laughs> so what is up with WizKids hiding these amazing two-player card game experiences from people? What is up? It's crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. I yeah. love this game. Well, that's Absolutely. really... Ah, that definitely goes on my interest list then, because I, I like all those ideas. Uh, that yeah, sounds really no, cool. And as a cooperative, as a cooperative card game, there aren't that many. No. Uh, and most, and most of the cooperative card games are above the table, kind of reading. Yes. Right. So like you have like games like the Mind, the Grizzled, the Crew. Mm -hmm. These are very like you know reading people. This one is cooperation of like you know uh, please do this for me so I, I can do this. Are there any um uh is is this a does I mean a, most co-op game like the one I mentioned uh, uh Coldest Night um or uh, Beyond Baker Street you're really limited in what you can say. Is this total no, it, open communication? Total open communication. So that because, makes this radically different than the other cooperative card games on the market. This is there is no other cooperative card game like this. There's no wow. limited communication because because it's so hard. Because another thing that happens is you go through the deck three times, and the, and then every time you go through the deck, you shuffle in stronger monsters. Okay. So like the monsters okay. are one, two, three, and then you're shuffling four value monsters, then you're shuffling five value monsters. And if you haven't won by the time you shuffled in the five value monsters, <laughs> you're probably gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, I I totally I totally love this game. I, I, I yeah I'm. I, I, I am certain I looked at this at some point, saw the three-player, and just... I mean, I'm always looking for any any opportunity to say no to a game. I mean, you know, right. oh, three-player, instant no. You know, yep. oh, lots of player versus player, instant no. And I feel like I have to go back and reevaluate this now and maybe see if I can get a used copy on BoardGameGeek. Uh, an excellent number six. What was it called again? The Banishing. The Banishing. All right. Well, okay, you blew me away. I'm very happy to know about that. Although I love that I can blow Rotto away. Yeah, 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 yeah. You played everything. I mean, well, I honestly, you, you, I, you, filtered it, the, you filtered the two gamers, so it's not that hard, but like still, it, it warms yeah. my heart. But, you know, uh, you know, 
if it doesn't support two players, that's a huge blindside for me. I expected you were probably going to surprise me with a few things, because so often, and I think right. maybe that's just because of the background. People expect card games to be, because of the history of card games, to be all about a bunch of people around a table. And two-player yeah. card games are kind of the exception to the rule they have been throughout most of human history. Mm-hmm. And, Although um, it's getting better. I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. there are a lot of, you know, like you have the two-player trick-taking game that's coming out that are yes. that are coming out now, and yep, yep. I think that we're getting better at like filling in. Yeah, that like uh, Fox in the Forest is right. uh, I know got a lot of attention, and, and there's a few other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Cool. The Banishing. Very, very cool. You're number six. All right. Well, um, went from a really esoteric one that no one's ever heard of to one of the most well-loved card games of the modern board game industry. My number five, Jaipur. Of course. Of course. Jaipur is so lovely, such a smart design, um, beautiful, gorgeous cards, uh, all about market manipulation, trying to do set collection, getting the right goods in your hand, um, or, if barring that, getting a bunch of camels in your hand that then you can use to really great effect to get huge sweeping moves later on. And uh, it's it's fantastic. I mentioned earlier that um, Lost Cities is often... Um, singled out as the two-player couples card game, Jaipur is the other one. People are mm. all, you know, I mean, and, and there are some people who have played this hundreds of times because it's just infinitely refreshing, always engaging, absolutely gorgeous, and really, at its heart, a very, very simple game. Um, you're, you're trying to manage your hand of cards, and I'm like, okay, it's a, it's, it's, it's a Lost Cities vibe again, now that I think about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yep. I don't need this leather. Right. And I'd really like to get this, so I'll just put that leather out. And you're like, yes, that's yeah. my fifth leather. <laughs> or, like, or I have my gold, yeah. and I don't want you to have it because I know that you have, you're sitting on one. So like, like I'm going to gunk my hand up because I don't want you to have this gold, and I'm going to go for a coffee instead, and hopefully I can sneak go past you yep. towards the end of the game. Yep, yep, yep. Just yeah. absolutely brilliant. And, and a really nice sense of humor, too. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it could have just been a, a silly little gimmick, but I mean, those camels really bring a lot of flavor and character to it. I mean, I, I think that's really why my life, my wife loves this game more than the gameplay is just the character <laughs> of those camels and, you know, collecting right. them and, and, you know, them setting you up for like these really big, huge sweep turns and, um, and, and the tension too, because, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, I mean, this game to a certain extent, I guess maybe it doesn't quite fulfill my, oh, I'm really wondering about, because I know a lot of what's in your hand. I saw you take it if I'm paying attention. And really, this game, I care more about what's in the deck, because when the market eventually gets emptied out and new stuff comes out, it's normally, oh, I triggered that, and I've given you first dibs on the new market. Ah, and that's, there it is, I've been waiting forever for it, kind of a thing. It, it's it's super duper, obviously you know it. Um, yep. yep. I, it's... It... One of the string of really great Asmodee apps. Ooh, I have never played it digitally. With. I bet it would work wonderfully. Yeah. It'd be really compelling, I bet. And they set they set it up so like they have you go on like an adventure across I think it's uh India. Oh wow or like that area of the world. Okay. And each zone has like a, a different meta rule. So you know Really? Yeah, it's great. So it's like, you know, uh, uh, in this place, gold is worth this. In this place, uh, uh, the values are flipped. So now you have to get coffee is the, is the highest oh, wow. thing. Wow. In this place. And, you know, and they have a little, like, you know, cute little story. Oh, you know, you're here in the land of whatever, whatever. And you have to beat the Sultan in order to uh, – I beat the Sultan in a game of Jaipur in order to get his favor. Sure. And he will send you on a quest to go over here. And, you know, it's a this is just a neat thing. <clears throat> I, I appreciate little touches like that. So I've played legit hundreds of games of Jaipur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if maybe this is another um, uh, inflection maybe. point, maybe some overlap. But what, sir, is your number five? My number five. So I did not put a LCG. 
a living card game. Because, okay. Right, living card game. Uh, not because I don't like. I mean, I like living card games. It's just the cost barrier of the LCG <laughs> yes. is very, very significant for me. It's basically paying for a Netflix subscription. Yeah. You know, because you get you buy the packs and all that kind of thing. If I put an LCG there, and there's a lot of them, like you know the Fantasy Flight ones, uh, Pathfinder Adventure card game, yep. a lot of Adventure card games, Adventuria Adventure card game. Yep. Uh, there's all you know, so many good ones. Um, missed the list, but I do have one very, very large card game. Uh oh. Cards all over the place. Sentinels of the Multiverse. Okay. I was going to say either this or Legendary. I figured it was going to be one of those two. But, oh, but it couldn't have been Legendary because we're not doing deck builders. So, yes. Right. Of course. Sentinels right. of the Multiverse. Sentinels of the Multiverse. Right. So, I, I adore Sentinels of the Multiverse. Hold on. I've done this before. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. What do we got? Oh. Are you doing some prop comedy? Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I have everything for this game, and I'm in on the expansion too, or the the reboot that just came out a couple of months ago. Oh my gosh! Uh, on Kickstarter, because I mean, it, they they the old pro it's an old product, and it needs to change. Like I mean, the, the the it's hard to get to the table because of all the tracking. Yeah, numbers all over the place. Yes. Plus one, minus one, heat, cold, all that kind of stuff. But dealing with that, taking all that out, the core of the game is so fabulous. You have a hero. And there's lots of heroes. Rado is showing you all the heroes. Yep. You have a villain. There's lots of villains. Yep. <laughs> Behind the heroes are all the villains. And then you have an environment. Hero, villain, environment, go. And the heroes are fixed decks, and you just you you, you throw down, right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm Haka, or I am the Tempest, or I'm Corona Trigger. And at this point, I think there's over 40 uh, heroes to choose from. And you mix and match them. It's, it's three-player minimum, so I don't know how familiar, how much you've played. Seth, no, I did. Or, there is some kind of two-player variant, and I we tried um, once with the two-player variant, and I don't even think we finished the game because, as you were saying earlier, we got halfway through, and oh, there's just too much to track here. You know, considering yeah, yeah. the popularity of third-party apps to help you track all of the stuff that goes on in this game, all the stats that are constantly in flux, and the resources mm -hmm. and all that, it was just, it was too much. Right. Uh, I don't care. I play all three characters solo. I have played. I played the tar of this game. I played it on the app. There's an there's a, a, a app which don't play the phone app. Play the tablet app. I played the tar of the tablet app. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of my most played games. I think this was my fourth game, like hobby game. Ooh. Okay. Like, in terms of like gateway, uh -huh. right? This was my fourth game, and I I spent a good six months playing only this <laughs> uh, in like 20, 15, 14 or fifteen or something. Uh, and I don't know. It just has a warm place in my heart. It it. It's the heroes, right? I feel I, it's a fixed deck. Marvel LCG, really, really great game. Not, nothing to bad say about it. I don't love deck construction. I want to be... Uh, I, I was literally... I was going to ask um, I, I, if you would contrast and compare this and Marvel Champions because Marvel Champions yeah. is really the heir apparent to this. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, and it's the low player count. So, like, if you want to play one or two... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play Marvel Champions, mm -hmm. right? Uh, this one, I, I just don't... I'm not into the deck construction. I lose it. Uh, I just I find the heroes, you know, you can play differently, but like if you're playing Black Panther, then you're playing your suit, and maybe you'll have a game where you don't play this suit, you play something else. But for the most part, you're playing your suit. Mm -hmm. Go get your suit, and or like Iron Man, play Iron Man without the suit. People, people swear they do it. No, <laughs> I'm not accepting that. Um, so here, yeah, you have repeat cards, and you kind of have the same rhythm uh, for some of the times, but like you play with a a little bit more of a, of a complex character, and they do play out differently. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so 
So you have your simple character. Here you go. Here is a simple bash him in the face character to a friend who, who hasn't played before. Or I, I taught my 13-year-old nephew who's not really a gamer. Here, have like the, the bash him in the face character. Mm -hmm. Or I could play a character like Unity, which is like, you know, here's bots all over the place. And this bot does this. This bot does that. And I'm tracking all this other stuff and everything in between. And so the variety of heroes I really feel like just gives me that warm – like really baked in universe that there's so much lore it's just a lived in experience in terms of a th immersive this game immerses me yeah yes as this game immerses yeah me. The, the, it evokes and it immerses i love it all right so set those in multi yep 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 okay uh i'm sure there will be a lot of people who agree with you and i'm curious so you you mentioned it's getting a reboot yes. what does that mean Th that they're coming at the design with fresh eyes are they trying to streamline things a little bit or yes okay they tr they, so i mean i so i had christopher Bedell on my show shelf story okay yes i think i've heard about it. i've heard of it uh and so you know and now hit the, the eye in the top right corner it, screen folks follow the show notes there you go um so you, you asked i mean like the the first question is like is this a money grab like i mean that's what the right. reboots are all about like are you trying to get my money because i've already spent money on the product and he's like you know yeah i can understand that question it's like okay this is my magnum opus i'm never going to make another game this impactful and important mm -hmm. and it is my oldest game it is my first design <laughs> and i'm looking at it and i'm going Ugh, oh, i can't stand I, it so much better yes yeah oh my god learn so I, much I, i'm a content like I did a like I did a podcast called Every Night is Game Night. I did it for five years. And do I want to be known for my third podcast of all time? That game was garbage. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, it's so much more evolved now. So much I'm doing so much different stuff. So like you know you know this guy had a, a hit with his like you know his very initial design, and there's some real mistakes. You know, and some and a lot of the decks are almost like non-functional, like fun, like you know, bunker. I just find it's not fun. And absolute zero is easy to break. It's cool when it works, but it's easy to break and do nothing. I love how you remember so, all of the characters and you remember oh, how yeah, all of them that. play. Oh my god! Uh, and so, like, they, what they did was they went and they looked at a lot of. There's an egg active community. Yeah. Up, and I was a part of that community for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and they asked everybody, okay, what's broken? What's this? What's that? What improvements do you want to see? And they just went under the hood and just fixed all that stuff. Bunker plays better from what I've seen from the you know the playthroughs. Uh, the, the different characters play better. The tracking seems to have lowered a little bit because they've reduced the keywords. Mm, so a lot of it was no, like ongoing environment. Keywords. And, this. and they, it seems like they've kind of like melted the keywords down a little bit. So like, I mean, all and all that helps. Yeah. You know, so I... I and, so at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if this was like a uh, a video game, this would be the patch. Right. Only we don't get to patch board. No, games. it doesn't. Yeah, we have a physical product here. So what are you going to do with it? Did you just earlier pick up a giant doorstop now? Or <laughs> I have, So I would, I would sell in a heartbeat, but it's the land of COVID and shipping is like impossible. Mm. I don't know if you've tried to ship any, ship out any games or trade games or whatever it is. Like the shipping, the the cost of the shipping is just and that is going to be a monstrously heavy box. I am sure you weren't just pl and, you weren't play acting there. I can't even imagine how heavy that thing is, full of cards. And and people like people want the box. Oh, they, of course. you know, they, I'm not just going to trade them the cards. Like they want this storage thing because what else, what's it going to do with the cards? Yeah, and I don't have the original boxes, so you know they want the box. So it's like if I can get a local sale, I will absolutely sell it. I'm and good. Then, and and, I'll, and, I'll and, and, and fall in love all over again. And I'll fall in love a little bit again. Something of the multi for this five. Right. One of my first loves. Uh, I will be playing that game for a very, very long time. Excellent. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, that was a big number five. Uh, we're halfway through. 
We are making I progress. Figured. I'm moving on to my number four. The Crew. Quest for Planet Nine. I believe you uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, this is, is this my third cooperative game? I believe it is. And it is another cooperative card game that really uh, gets all its mileage from the fact that it is imperfect communication. That, um, again, that tension I've been talking about from the beginning, all my games are just make you just curl up in a ball and like, oh, please, please do the right thing. Read my mind! This is what has to happen! Uh, now, it's because I can't tell you what's in my hand, and I have to intuit what's in your hand, as we all struggle in the cold, um, icy vacuum of space to try to keep our um, our galactic mission going by trick-taking. This is a trick-taking game. And now, I think some people, considering how much I just went on and on about how I were always looking for two-player experiences, some people might say, well, you know what, this really isn't the really best one to choose for uh, two-player trick-taking. Um, but I absolutely love the two-player variant that comes with this. I don't know if you've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. It basically, it's, this is a trick-taking game where um, we succeed as astronauts by ensuring that in any given round, on any particular trick, oh, Bob has to win this trick. And he has to win it with this particular card or whatever it is. So um, it's not just all about you just trying to outwit your opponents and figure out how to come out on top at the right place at the right time. Now you have to, right, I have to lose. I'm going to win this round, which means we all lose. How can I stop this from happening? Um, you know, and uh, it's really deep. And the way the two-player works is there is effectively a third player, and we get to see um, we, we get to see a portion of their hand. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I love about this is my neither my wife nor I have any real experience with trick taking. And trick taking mm -hmm. is a difficult beast to get your head around. It's very very mm -hmm. different than any of these other games I'm surrounded by. And, right. um, but whereas people who've been playing, you know, classic trick-taking games for their entire lives just know these rhythms like the back of their hand. And I have played mm -hmm. trick-taking games with people who know their way around, and I've never felt stupider. Um, and, and the beautiful thing about the <laughs> two-player mode... How keep track of the Trump, Richard? Uh, yeah. This suit is now the Trump. Come on, man! <laughs> um, but this game, it's a really great teaching tool or a learning tool. Because Jen and I, look, okay, neither of us are particularly good. We have a third of all the information we need, and we can't talk about what's in our hand, but we can talk about all of that stuff. And it, it, it's, it's been a really great eye-opening experience, and it's helped me kind of get into the rhythm and kind of, you know, a baby step me into trick-taking. And then on top of that, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you would think I'm stretching too far to say I do feel the theme here um, because this is all about the icy cold reaches of space. Everybody's near death. We, um, you know, we're in you know, really tough situations and um, communication is at a premium. Um, you know, right. we, I, I, you're, I'm outside on a spacewalk. You're inside. I, I don't have enough time to explain to you in exacting detail everything I need to do to repair this satellite dish, i.e. I have to win this trick with a seven or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's still, it, I feel the tension that I get from a movie like whatever the Sandra Bullock one was with, uh, Gravity? Yeah, gravity. I I, I gravity. feel that tension, obviously, because I'm so... Will my team do the right thing? Have I correctly figured out that they can do the right thing? Because I have to take my best guess as to what's in their hand. And it's absolutely brilliant. It comes with like 50 missions that are all just like little tweaks, um, you know, that, that change parameters. And we've only played about halfway through, but we really like it. I guess there's a new one coming that's basically set at the bottom of the ocean now, a deep sea exploration, which I'm very excited about as well. I, I think it's fantastic. And it works for me and Jen for a lot of reasons that maybe aren't that interesting to other people. But like I said, as a 
as a as, as a gateway into trick taking for us because we love cooperative we love working together um, and we love having a third of all the information available to us so we can make smarter decisions and learn those uh, tricks to trick taking it's great it's my number four the crew uh, I have limited communication card games as its own spot oh okay so we will be hearing so something the crew maybe may be in that mix so. may, yeah <laughs> we know it won't be coldest night um I could probably take a pretty educated guess then as to what it is. But we'll get there shortly. What is your number four, sir? My number four is a... uh, So I talked about strategic card games. Very kind of like stable, sedate. You kind of know what's coming and you can kind of plan ahead. Mm -hmm. But then I want sometimes that next level tactical card game. I want to be able to get a whole hand of cards and figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, have a general sense of what I want to do, but, like, I really have to react to what's in my hand and all that kind of thing. And Euro Games have given us us this gift with the multi-use card. Sure. I will always love, uh, you know, that that whole... Invention of like, okay, I can either discard this for money or I could like use this to play it or I could do whatever, whatever. Um, No game does it better. Uh, So the proto version of this game was San Juan, but we are going to talk about Race for the Galaxy. There we go. Yep, yep, yep. Race for the Galaxy. Race for the Galaxy. If there is a crossover, I'm not sure how you feel about this game. This is the one I thought might be a crossover. Nope. I'll tell you why. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, it, It gets back to my original script. I think this is a brilliant game. Personally, if I'm going to sit down, I'd rather play um, Roll for the Galaxy, which has a lot of the same okay. vibes with dice, or Jump Drive, because it's this in half the time. Mm-hmm. Not that this is a particularly long game either. Um, right. But this game is more about, right, what's, what do you got on the table in front of you? It's less about what do you have in your hand. I mean, I, I, I will okay. care about what's in your hand. I'll care, oh, is he going military? I wonder if he has some more military. But it's not like I'm, oh my gosh, I need to know if he's going for more military. <laughs> because it is, I, it just doesn't yeah. have, it, it doesn't leverage his cards in that way. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why a game like this, or San Juan, or, um, or uh, the new Terraforming Mars Ares uh, expedition, for that matter, would not have made this list because these feel, these don't feel like classic card games to me anymore. It okay. becomes more about what's on the table and less about what's in your hand. Especially because, as you said, what's in your hand gives you so much flexibility. Right. Although, okay, so I think what I'm... There are strategies, uh, and I think, you know, you know, you can have your produce-consume strategy, you can have your development strategy, right. and I think that you need certain cards in your hand to kind of pull those off. Yes. You know, so it's not just what's on the table, like, it's that interaction between what's on the, oh, the, the yeah, table yeah, yeah. and, I mean, no, and I, my hand. When I and, play Race you know, for the it, Galaxy, yeah. I'm in a very rich decision space. But it's yeah. a rich decision space about the cards in my hand. And the okay. cards in your hand, I don't care about that much. I care about what well, you've got in front of you, because I need to know, are you about to produce? And that's incredibly important, because if I can anticipate when you're going to produce, or when you're going to sell, or when you're going to explore, and then I can piggyback off of it and do what I needed to get done, and also, oh, I'll get this nice little thing they'll set me up in the future, that's great. But that's that to a certain extent, that's about what I might imagine is in your hand. But it's more about, oh, wow, you got a lot of fat planets there. They're all full of cards, aren't they? I wonder what you're doing next. Although, here's what I'll say to that. Yeah. So, the, the, in order to get to the next level of this game, in terms of a which you know, I, I admit I probably never got to, right? And so like, and and, and this game is is two. I think that 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 one and two because one you get the solo bot and they're doing different thing. I love the solo bot, uh, and two, but it's two is a different feeling. So then, I do care what you have in your hand, but not specifically what is in your hand, but how many cards you have. That's a good so, like, point. You yes, have, that is true. Because you are, are you rich? Are cards, you going to do something big or are you poor? Right. 
Yeah. Right. So like if you have, you know, like your full complement of a 10 or 12 cards or whatever it is, then I'm I can very likely guess that you are going to play a six a six point development. There yes. you go. And you're going to score off of that. So it's like there's that follow action. So like I will get to be able to do the same thing you're doing, just not with a, a little bonus. Yep, yep. So if I if I can read you correctly, and that's the thing about a card game, you need to be able to read your opponent, yep. right? So like in you know, so not necessarily what my what's in their hand, but like what are they doing? Like what, exactly. what is their decision? Yeah, like yeah. Same thing with Raptor. Uh, so then if I can read that correctly and execute the follow – and then say, okay, I get, I have a free development action because you gave it to me, and then I can do this other thing. Pass there. I, I, I wanted to put my development down, um, but I wanted to produce two and produce and consume. But you're letting me put the development down so I can produce and consume. I can do all that at once. Yep, yep. And so I have to read, and I can read that off your hand, and I can read that off the size of your hand, or if you're little, and uh, or you know you have very few resources. I'm not gonna pull. Um, uh, the explore action. Yeah, because gonna you know you're going to get there it with free. no card. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going to give you free cards if you have like one card in your hand. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm going to do something else. So that that's where you reach that kind of second level. Of oh, I completely agree. Now we're really yep. going. Now we're really going at it, and that feel that feels like card. Yep, yep, yep. And I get that mostly out of roll, quite frankly. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, and roll doesn't have the extra baggage of. You know, the, the Byzantine... I mean, it's literally this game you play in an alien language for all intents and purposes. You've got one of the biggest player aids the industry has ever seen because they tried so hard. I mean, it's, it's a weird mix of iconography and text. I mean, as, as shown on the screen right now. Um, I, we, we had it. We did play it quite a few times. But it was... Oh, and then we haven't played it for a few months. And like, oh, we got to learn this whole game again. You know? There, there were just some things that kind of kept it from coming back to the table. And you talk about, you were talking earlier about, um, you know, Sentinels and lessons learned. I mean, I would have probably been more tempted to put um, Tom Lehman's Rez Arcana on a list. Uh, you know, because I have not played that. I really want to. Oh my gosh, you have to. I really want it to. It might completely to. invalidate your entire 10, quite frankly. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. It came out during the pandemic, or like surely before the pandemic. I can't... <laughs> I have to, you know, come on. We all have Amazon <laughs> Prime. You can get it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I going to play it with? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't, there, I don't, there is no solo. I mean, that, that game is very interactive. Um, right. Yeah, it's brilliant. I am sure. I'm, I'm quite happy that you're here, quite frankly, because if I were doing awesome. this by myself, I'm happy I'm here if I were doing this by myself, I would have this very weird esoteric list. And everybody's saying, where's the race for the galaxies? You know, and you're all right. yeah. and, and, and I'm glad it's here because it deserves to be here. I, I'm not saying this is in any way, shape, or form not a great, wonderful, one of the greatest card games of all time, or certainly one of the great modern design card games. It's right. just I, I I come back to I you know, in every game I've talked about now, I care more about what's in your hand than I do. I mean, like I said, I care about how big your hand is, but I don't need to see the other side of your cards to know how big your hand is. And so I I, care I, 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 that's just where your, I drew I, my line. I care how you use your hand. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't care what's in your hand, but I care how you use it. Yep, yep. And that's the essence of that's the twist that multi-use cards make. Yeah. So I'm so curious I'm, I'm, I'm sure you there. played role, right? Have you contrasted yeah. and compared role versus race? It's a taste thing. I just like cards better. Yeah, it would totally. Yeah, yeah. Strictly speaking, yeah. I would take dice. I mean, it's just not. They, they make noise. They roll. They're alive. <laughs> you know. Oh, by the but way, you have hand. You, you, it feels so good to kind of have your. Does it? Space. I'm, I, yeah. This picture that's on screen right now of race makes me wonder: Are you a sleever? Depends on the game. Oh, Depends okay. on my shuffling. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on my shuffling. I'm rabidly anti-sleeve. I do not want anything between me <laughs> and that sweet, sweet linen finish. 
I, 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 for the most part, not, I do not sleep my race for the galaxy. I have everything for it. There's a game coming up that I've sleeved the heck out. Oh, and I was, I like, oh, okay. oh, it's coming on your list. Okay. Well, we'll get there shortly. All right. But an excellent yep. number four. I cannot, I mean, I, I still don't know about Raptor Man, but this one, yeah, this is a sure. total knockout of the park. You're number four, one of the greatest card games of all time. And I'm glad it's on this list. Race for the Absolutely. galaxy. Okay. My number three is another new one. And, um, honestly, if, you would describe this game to me, I pro I probably would have passed on playing it. it. It so failed to engage me when I first saw it and when it first showed up in the mail. And yet, when Jen and I sat down and played it almost as an afterthought one night, I so fell hard in love with Truffle Shuffle. Wow, okay. Do you know it? I've heard of it. Okay. Well, first I, of I all, it is from a Cracker Jack design group, Molly Shannon, Sean Stankowicz, and Robert Melvin. This trio of designers is definitely one to watch. This is their, their first Molly big, Johnson. Hmm? Molly Johnson. Uh, did What did I say? Jackson? You said Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon because... Boy, uh, boy, if it was Molly Shannon, um, you yeah. know, Mary Catherine Gallagher, <laughs> that would be something. But Molly Johnson, thank you. Um, you know, they, th this came right after... What was it? Um... Not fruit salad, the vegetable game. Oh, this is driving me nuts now. That uh, point salad, point salad, point salad. Yeah, you go. Point, point salad, salad yeah. which is an amazing card game, and I seriously considered that one too for this list. But truffle shuffle, I fell in love so much more. This is a set collection game. It's ostensibly, it's very abstract. I'm not even going to try to say I get the sense of of bonbons in this game at all. Um, not even trying to. But it, as you can see. It has the same basic pyramid layout. You know, we've all known for our entire life from Pyramid Solitaire that you know I've played since I was a little kid, but obviously more popular these days from Seven Wonders Duel, um, where you know you've you got the pyramid of cards, you're taking cards. Every time you take a card, you reveal new cards underneath that your opponent allows. Half of the cards are face down, so you don't know what you're getting. The other half are face up. And um, we are just drafting these cards. I think this is my main drafting card of the game because the important thing is, unlike, I mean, there are a lot of drafting games I could have put on, but I saw you take it. I know what it is. I, you know, there's right. not that tension here. Half the cards you take, well, I know the color, or do I? Because sometimes those card backs lie, and they turn out to be something else. So I don't know what you have, but I have a half-informed decision about what you have. I've seen the face-up cards you've taken. I have a guess as to what your face-down cards you've taken are, and the one thing I cannot let you do is have that purple four. I can't do that. So I can't take the one that's underneath it because then that'll give it to you. And as we're doing that, I mean, and you get these same kind of really tense, um, you know, almost negotiate. Look, somebody's gonna have to take this card, and I want that four. So I'm telling you right now, it's it's gonna be you that takes the other one. And um, you just get these really interesting mind games, these standoffs. But then on top of that, it's a really good set collection game too, uh, because you can be going for collecting based on color, which is easier and quicker, but not as high scoring, or number for straights. Um, and the most brilliant thing about this game. Ultimately, what you're going to do is all those cards in the pyramid are going to be drafted. And um, at the end, once they're all taken, uh, the rest of the deck is going to come out and a second pyramid, you're going to play through the second pyramid. Mm -hmm. At that halfway point, when the pyramid is emptied, if I still have any cards in my hand that I was trying to build up for a set and I didn't quite get them played, Gonsville. <laughs> Boom! Disappeared. I think you get to carry like two or three over to the next half. And so, okay, I can see there's that one up there. 
I know I want that one. You know I want that one. I have to think five turns around. Okay, if you take this, I take that. You take this, I take that. Then that means maybe if you go this way, I'll be able to get that, and I'll be able to get this street played. And you know, it's escalating. Oh, if I get four in a straight versus five in a straight, it's such a huge scoring thing. But if I push too long and I miss my window, I throw the whole thing away. It is just so nail biting in the best way, and it's pretty. It's a simple game. It feels very classic. And again, it is a game where I very much care. What did you just get? What was that blue card? Right. Would you please tell me? <laughs> I need to know. I can't right. make a move until I, you tell me what that card is. And Jen and I will often just uh, have these little standoffs as a result. And it's fantastic. Like I said, um, you know, uh, what's it? Point Salad was huge. They did another one that I covered, which was also very nice. It was about donuts. And I mean, that was a really sharp little tile lane game. But Truffle Shuffle, uh, for, uh, I think I played one more of their games as well, is their best. It is, I, I was shocked as I was making this list that it comes in at my number three. Um, How does it compare to Seven Wonders Duel? Seven Wonders Duel is a brilliant design, but Seven Wonders Duel, um, I did, we didn't keep it. It's way too mean-spirited for us. I, okay. In fact, it, it, Seven Wonders Duel kind of makes me bitter, quite frankly, because I love Seven <laughs> Wonders so much. And Seven Wonders is a great right. game about building civilizations where we work together towards everyone's Basically, betterment. Yeah. If I need stone and my neighbor has stone, they're happy they get money from me. I get the stone I need to build. And for whatever reason, Duel says, nah, throw all that away. I'm going to burn right. your stuff down. I'm going to steal your money. I'm, I'm not even right. going to steal your money. I'm going to make gonna you lose your money the, and you have to set it on fire. Yeah. I'm not even taking it. <laughs> and it's like, why? It was such a beautiful you know, um, ode to humanity working together, the best of us. Even the warfare in Seven Wonders was kind of live and let live. Oh, it's just an exchange of points. Right. And Duel, I mean, I, I'm not saying Duel isn't a brilliant design, and I totally understand why it has completely supplanted Seven Wonders in a lot of people's minds, but I just don't understand one of the things that made Seven Wonders so special. The fact that we're all in it together, not in Duel. Yeah. I mean, it's right there in the title. So that's why Duel will not be making my list. Seven Wonders doesn't either because, again... <laughs> I, oh, I've got a hand, and then the hand's going to disappear. So I'm generally... There's a bit of angst, is, is, especially at a lower player count. Is that other science card going to make it back around to me? I haven't seen anybody trashy yet. Oh, but you did build a wonder. Was that the seven... So there's some, but it's not omnipresent. Um, you, know, you know, especially at higher player counts. I mean, you, I mean, but yeah, seven wonders are great. Seven wonders duel, not for me. This gives me everything I want out of seven wonders. All right. that tension, all that excitement, and none of that, you know, cutthroat. Slash and burn, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't put any card drafters on the, on the mm -hmm. list. There's a couple of really good ones. If, if, we, if there was a number 11, I probably would have gone the card drafting right, and it would have been seven wonders duel because I like, you know, I don't mind that the meanness yep. has a decent solo bot, uh, or solo rules, which have been added a little bit later. Um, the solo rules I mean, were not available so many, so when I good. tried it. Like, I, would, I would definitely love to try that game as a solo. I bet it would work fantastically. Yeah, no, it worked great. Although it is, the, the, the bots tend to be mean. Like, they tend, the bots tend to, like, the base turn bots, like, they tend to either, like, rush things, mm -hmm. and I, you don't feel like a person that wants to be rushed. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people misunderstand this about me. I... I have no problem with playing a cutthroat game where everybody's coming after me. I just am uncomfortable being put in a situation where my best move right now is to burn your stuff to the ground to steal your stuff. I, right. I love a game that beats me up. I did a top 10 sadomasochistic games a few years ago um, <laughs> because I love, I mean, I, I love having to worry about starving to death in Agricola and fighting off um, disasters in Polyphenes. So, and it doesn't matter to me whether it's generated by the game or by another human player. It's no hard feelings. I just, to borrow um, Walter White, I don't want to be the one who knocks. That's just not me. Right. 
Oh, but you mentioned Pelopines. That's not a bad card game. I thought long hidden, and hard. I, a it's, hidden little it, gem. And honestly, if I put it on, it would be my number one on this list. The only reason I didn't is because at the end of the day, it feels more like an auction game to me than a card game. Right. Okay. All right. All right. But that was my number uh, four. So yeah. The or my number three. Okay. The excellent truffle shuffle. Three. Top that, sir. Very good. Uh, okay, so I'm going the poker route. Okay. Uh, this yes. One. This this game feels more like poker, gamer poker, than any game I've ever played. We are talking not alone. Oh wow! Not alone gives me that poker that feeling. Is... Gives me that you know. There's the hunter and the hunt that is yes. one versus many. Right, so like you are, so I, I play the alien often because I teach mm -hmm, this game mm -hmm, a lot, mm -hmm. and then you know other players they have like a, a small decision space because they're they're little weenie hunted, they're running around <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to escape. And the picture like the first alien movie, so like yeah. the, the the first alien movie, the alien was literally um, unstoppable. You know, uh, you couldn't do anything to it, right? And, and then the, uh, the hunter are just kind of like trying to live and survive it and move on to another day. Yeah. So then what the hunter has. The alien creature has. They have a hand of a cards, which are powers. Right. They play one card per turn, and they get to like do some kind of power. And they also have the the um, the, the tokens that you see yes. on the screen right now. Mm -hmm. And you have cards one through ten, which represents the world. This alien and planet that the humans have crash landed yep. on. Everyone, alien planet, humans have crash landed on, and they want to get f out because <laughs> uh, they want to get the, the 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 flight out. Yes. <laughs> Take the flight, f for flight. Uh, and they want to get out of the world. <laughs> Right. And, you know, blast off to outer space before the alien gets there. Right. Uh, so they have the, the human players have cards in their hand that match the world. Yeah. They'd say, they I, I gonna... play a three. That means I'm going to the river. I play a seven. That, that means, means I'm hiding in the shelter. That's correct. Yeah. And so you're playing cards one at a time, face down. And just like with Raptor, you're doing simultaneous. Well, not a simultaneous reveal, but like um, the, you, you don't you playing cards face down. Yeah. Right. And then and there's a there's a sequence to, you know, when when um, characters go when. So then the hunter is trying to guess, and there's the poker. Yep, 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 Where yep, the, yep. Where's the player going to go? And as the game evolves, the, the players will have to discard things and reveal, like, you know, because if they discard, they can't go there. So it's like, okay, narrowing it down. Where are they going to go? They're low on health, so they might go to the – or they're low on cards, so they might go to the, the, the river to get some cards back. Oh, they might make a break for it. There's a card that hurries up this tracker over here that I'm showing. Uh, or that that Rado is showing. Yep. So what you're so what's happening is the the tracker, the blue and the and the purple represent progress. Mm -hmm. So the the the, uh, the the human players are trying to get their track the liftoff point before the alien player gets its assimilation counter to the liftoff point. Right. Right. Uh, that, and that means like all the times the aliens like biting people and finds people and rips them apart and all sorts of good stuff. Yep. 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 By uh, guessing they, correctly where they went based on early on, it's a crapshoot. Later on, crap you know, shoot. oh, there's only three places you could go. What's your situation? I know where you're going to go. And you know, I know where you're going to go. Which means you're not going to go there, and I know you know that. You call it a poker <laughs> game. I call it a Vicini game from you know Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, mm -hmm. and it is brilliant. I agree. It is an it's it's awesome. It is pure, and so uh, it's it's a one versus many game. So people, I think people expect a kind of cooperative game on the player side, mm -hmm. like the the players are going to cooperate, but they shouldn't talk because they uh, the healing can hear exactly. Yeah. So it it ends up being. Like you're playing poker with the hunted to figure out what he's doing and avoiding them. You're also kind of trying to read what your um, partners are doing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and so yeah, it's like, kind of okay, like a poker think... game where everybody at the table is trying to beat the house. Right. But they can't just yes. come out and say, "Oh, here's my hand," because then the house knows what to do. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So I love it. I, 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 I've played this game hundreds of times. Yeah, it is and great. It and uh, really, I think I appreciate it about it too. A lot of games of this ilk don't do this. Um, you know, it can be for some people harder to be the humans. It can be for some people harder to be the alien. And they say, hey, you know what? Here's a handicap system. If you want to, you know, adjust things. That was actually very much appreciated too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there have been expansions for this game. Uh, not quite necessary, but like it's good to have extra options for uh, hunted powers or hunter powers. Uh, the Sanctuary expansion came out this past year or the, or the year before. Adds another layer of like there's a floating city now, mm-hmm. and you're you're rescuing survivors. So like you go to a place and a survivor and a survival give you a little power, and you have to bring the survivor to the city. And that progresses its own track, which is its own separate victory condition. And so that creates a whole different layer of are they going to you know just do their card or are they going to go to the city right. or are they going to try to rescue a, a person and drop and drop their their survivors off into the city yep yep and uh, it's just more questions and i love poker <laughs> i've played poker for years and i you know it's I, interesting i, I never would have made that connection but i i totally get what you're saying it makes perfect sense i had a weekly game when i was a uh, teacher and it was it was funny. It was a weekly poker game, and we played for real money. We you know we we did our thing, <laughs> and it would be like because anybody who's ever taught knows teaching never ends, right. right? Never ends. So then, what I would do while I was playing poker was I would have a stack of papers, and I'd be grading papers while I'm playing poker, and it helped me play because I had no tells. I was focused on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> No one could tell what I had because I wasn't paying attention to it. So, I mean, and it was, became a famous thing where I was like, just, oh, here's Jay. He's uh, lesson planning or he's like doing stuff. And it just has a warm place in my heart, like all those late night poker stuff. And then if I want a gamer version of that, of reading people and player powers and all the other stuff, not alone. And it is, it plays well at two, not perfect, but right. well. And yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's good. It's seven. good. But I, the more the better. Definitely. It is elastic. Two to seven is quality. Yep. Would you, do you want to hear my sad tale of woe related to this game? Go for it. Um, I was very impressed by it when we first played it, Jen and I, as a two-player game, and I thought it totally worked well. Jen had no interest in being the alien hunter planet entity. She just, I mean, whenever we play a, you know, what, what you know, whatever they called, you know, Sherlock Holmes or um, uh, Scotland Yard, the uh, hidden movement games. Whenever we play these, Jen always wants to be the sneaky hidden one. I always have to be the hunter. That's fine. It's it's my lot in life. We we we're very happily married because we make these compromises. So. <laughs> The problem with this game was, I don't know what it was for sure, but Jen could not catch a break. I could anticipate every zig and every zag without fail. And it was very frustrating for her. I mean, you know, okay, well, this is the time I'm going to do the not obvious thing. And uh, honey, I've been married to you for over two decades. I know when you're not going to be obvious. And okay, that's where you went. And I just got her over and over again. And ultimately, out of desperation, she started playing her location cards randomly. <laughs> and it instantly turned it around and it led to her winning because like, oh, well, I, if it's t- completely, totally random, I, I can't get into your head. So it's a weakness to the game, but it's not the game's fault at all. Right. Um, but it, you know, it just turned out it, it didn't quite work for us because of that reason. Um, but yeah. I have caused a table flip with this game. Oh, really? I was in someone's head so hard. <laughs> I, I got them six times mm-hmm. consecutively. And they were like, what? I can't stop Exactly. It. That is exactly the state. And she's like, I'm just not having fun. I'm going to start playing randomly because it's literally the right. only thing I can do now. Right. And that is a very powerful tool. Um, but it reduces the game to a coin flip, unfortunately. But again, not the game's fault at all. You just have to, you know, the right group is just going to... I mean, it was a very popular game when it came out. It must be. Like I said, it's gotten a couple of expansions, too. 
Good choice. Good choice. Okay. Let's see. That was your number three, correct? Is that where we are? Yes, sir, Bob. Let's move on then to my number two. Don't know if you know this one. It's a bit lesser known. Bonanza, the duel. Yep, I love Bonanza. Love Bonanza. You, okay, so you know Bonanza. And I and I love Bonanza. Well, I, I haven't played as much of Bonanza to Duel, but I love Bonanza. Yes, okay. I have never played Bonanza because it's a three-player minimum game. And so, of course, it's just not interested. But I, I've always wanted to because at its heart, the interesting thing about this game, you know, we talked about... Um, odd changes when we talked about Sherlock Holmes, the idea that, oh, I've got a hand of cards, but I can't see them because I hold them backwards. This game does a similar thing where I've got my hand of cards that I want to play and I can't manipulate them in my hand. Yep, yep. Whatever, mm-hmm. However they fan from left to right or right to left, that's it. And, and I have to play them in this order from right to left. Um, as I am put, I'm, basically they represent being, uh, it's, it's a weird theme. In theory, we're planting beans, but the beans are all weird little cartoon characters and pirates and all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> um, it, it, it's mostly, right. it's, so once again, we're trying to create straights. Um, you know, planting beans and planting higher values and whatnot. The bigger a straight right. we can get, the more points we get. But I think, um, isn't like bone the German word for bean? You know what it is. You're right. It's probably a German pun. It's, just a, it's a German well, pun. Yeah. Um, bone. No, no, yeah. I should know. I took two years of German in high school. Um, <laughs> so I should know about this. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Bo- uh, yeah. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. And, uh, you know, and of course, it's a tied bonanza. Oh, but there are beans and bonanza, and you're trying to get them into straights. The longer, the better. But if you've got a hand where, okay, well, it'd be great if my hand were a four and then a seven and then a nine and a 10, I'd be able to play them, except it's not. It's a 20 and a six and an 18 and a 16. How am I going to make a string out of this? And um, manipulating that is where the genius. And I have no idea how Bonanza works, but what this game does is every round, you have the opportunity to offer gifts to your opponents from in works, your hand. Yes. And um, you know, and it's represented I mean, uh, by, by, you say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to give you a 20 or I'm going to give you an eight. And then you have to decide, mm-hmm. that's very kind of you. Uh, maybe I'll take that, or maybe I won't. Right. And um, you know, depending on what you do, I either keep it for myself. Maybe I want to get rid of it. But the thing mm-hmm. is, I can lie. I could totally mm. be lying to you about what it is I'm saying. I might not have that at all. Um, and so, mm. again, it's a mind game thing. And this is one that Jen definitely does better with. She she kind of sees through my shenanigans a little bit, and she can trick me um, with a well timed lie. And it all comes down to that because how you can manipulate your hand, how you can get things played, how how you get to draw cards from the deck all comes down to every round. It's a beautiful thing. Um, we're just offering gifts to each other because it replaces, I guess, in regular Bonanza, it's all about trade, right? Hey, I'll yep. give you mm-hmm. three of these for two of those kinds of thing. It's that, like, the Catan thing where it's like, okay, I, I'm going to give you this um, because I have to clear it from my hand. Right. I'm going to sweeten the deal and, and give you this, and then you can give me this, and I can plant this right away. And so you're, 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 you're playing your hand and your your uh, down your um whatever they call the plots right yes yeah uh, so you have to play those too so it's like you know things that you receive you have to go there you have to plant immediately and you want to be able to like clear your hand because you can't manipulate I love that yep. I love being not the the stricture of that because it's like I have all these great cars and I can just play them play them play them but I have this stupid green bean right here get it out get someone it out. take this thing anyone take it. 
And in this game, it's, um, you know, I mean, that's the problem. In a two-player game, trade is non-existent because it's tit for tat. Oh, I will never take a trade that's better for you than me. Um, whereas in a three-player or game, okay, well, I'll take a trade that's better for you, but it's still good for me because we're both going ahead of the person who's not in the trade. And, you know, and that's the beauty of trade in a, in a Catan or a higher player count game. So in this game, they change it to gift giving and they allow for bluffing. Uh, and, you know, and the other thing too is, I might be trying to give that to you because I desperately want you to have it because I want you to use it. Because this is the other brilliant thing. I have no idea if this is in the regular Bonanza. There's also a type of card that are objectives where if I get a particular kind of the equivalent of a full house kind of thing, um, I can score points. And it'll score if I do it or if you do it. And then that's the real secret sauce. If I can give you a card that you're like, oh, he doesn't even know what he's doing, giving me this card, it'll be perfect right now. Oh, thanks, I just scored uh, based off of you finishing that for me. Uh, thanks for believing me when I said I was going to give that to you. There's so much going on in this game. It's so simple. My only complaint about it is, uh, in my experience, it does play a little on the long side. I kind of wish the rules were tweaked a bit so it was a little bit shorter, but it is... Just, just nail-biting fun from start to finish. And again, it's all about, okay, uh, what, what's in your hand? Am I giving you the right thing? Should I not give this? Do I want you to take this? Uh, it's, it's such a brilliant card game, and all driven by the, wow, this is a great hand. If I could only just rearrange them in my hand. And that's so, so antithetical to card games for centuries. It's what everybody does. They get their hand in the first thing you do. Put them all in order. Yeah, yeah, put you know, yeah, the right. faces next mm -hmm. to the faces. And nope, can't do that here. You just got a deal. And it's mm -hmm. it's just a mind screw in the best way. So and it works great since it's only for two players. Bonanza the duel. In a world where there was no Uno and I wasn't using it as my family game, Bonanza will be a strong contender for a mm. game that like uh -huh. let's play. I mean, maybe not with my family, like a bunch of non-gamers, but like I've definitely played Bonanza with you know, people who aren't familiar, but they're they, they're familiar with card games in general, but they're not gonna sit there and play a coldest night or something with crunch. Uh, they, it's a it's such a simple because I mean it's the the core is simple. The, the in terms of the multiplayer game, the trading. You know, we all know how to trade. We all know how to make beneficial right, yeah. trades. We all play Monopoly. Yep. So it's like it really is like Monopoly style trades where it's like I'm gonna hold out on this and I have this thing and we we we're, you know we have to wait until we complete the set and we're gonna now we're gonna trade like people know that. And so, like, the... Yeah, it's the, human the nature. It's, nature it's, of it. you know, it's yeah. kids... I was doing it in, as a kid in the 70s, trading marbles. I don't know. I, kids yeah. probably don't trade marbles anymore, I imagine. No, they don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. But Bonanza Duel is great. Yep. Cool, cool. All right, well, what is your number two there? My number two is my classic Solitaire game. Okay. Uh, I mean, classic Solitaire, right? Uh, and there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Like you got your Friday. You have mm -hmm. like Friday's a classic game. Uh, Mr. Cabbage guarding. Uh, Mr. Mm, Cabbage guarding game. Todd Sanders. Matter of fact, Todd Sanders has a number of classic feeling solitaire games. He's kind of a master of that. Uh, Palm Island was a game, a very small card game where you can kind of manipulate things, multi-use cards. But at the end of the day, a solitaire game. And, it and oh, and the other thing about Palm Island too, I mentioned uh, it's another game you can play standing up. Right, because you right. can play the entire thing in the palm of your hand. Really nice little, yeah. yeah. You can play online, a con. You can play, uh, yep. you know, on a recliner or whatever it is. But not that one either. Uh, Wait, okay, so this that? is a solitaire game. You just right. said a bunch. Oh, you can, okay, see if you can guess this one. Yes. You, you might be able to get this Well, one. here's the deal. Uh, you just said a bunch of solitaire. I mean, you, you mentioned Friday. You, you mentioned, right. I didn't hear any Oniverse games there. Mm. So. My number two is Onirim. There you go, sir. Onirim. Yep. There it is. Or Onirim, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I'm, a, I'm an Onirim I, guy I myself. I believe the designer pronounces it Onirim. I asked him at a convention once, and he said, <laughs> however you want to. I'm like, come on, dude. I film a video series. Help me out here. 
I am going to go with how he pronounces it when he does interviews. Okay. So uh, Onirim, I've heard him do a couple of interviews. Uh, he pronounces it Onirim. So that is, that is my game. And it's also the game that I sleeve the heck out of because the shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Yep, yep, I, yep. I, I made the mistake when I first got the game of playing it just straight up. And I played it so many times. My car started to flake. Yep. Shuffle, like, shuffle, you know shuffle what? with black border cards. <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. So like sticks, it sticks out very much. Yep. Okay. So the very core concept of the game. It is. It is a deck of cards. Yes. That's it. It's a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. uh, and the cards are in four colors. And as you see it from the screen, there are most of the basic cards have symbols on their corners. Yes. So you get sun, moon, and key, and you are building uh, a a tableau. I don't even know if you call it a tableau, but you're building a row of cards. Uh, and you're trying to complete sets of mismatching symbols. So sun to moon, moon to key, key to sun. You cannot put suns together. You cannot put moons together. Right. So, and you're playing, you ha you basically have a running hand of cards in order to do so. So five cards. You, you, you play a card, you draw another one. Play a card, draw another one. Play a card, draw another one. So then uh, you, once you complete the set of three, you release those doors, which you see mm -hmm. right there. Uh, and you have to release all eight doors. The shuffling comes from when you complete a set, you have to look through the deck in order to find the door. And then you have to reshuffle the yep. deck. And so eight doors, and you shuffle at least eight times. There's other reasons to shuffle as well. So then that's the basic core game. Now you have a couple of elements, which is the nightmares yep. and the keys. The nightmares are... Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, a good there, hand. There's the keys. Uh, that's a great hand. <laughs> the nightmares are your obstacle in this game. When you get a nightmare, it makes you do something with your hand in terms of like right. a sacrifice. right? So like if you get a nightmare, you might have to discard your hand. Or you may decide to deal with the nightmare by discarding cards from the top deck. Let's say you love your hand and you're going to just kind of risk top, you know, getting rid of some cards off the top deck. Uh, or different ways to deal with the nightmare. The key is the main way to deal with the nightmare. The key is the little secret sauce of multi-use card <laughs> that really makes this game go. The key can do a couple of things. You can use the key to kill the nightmare. Like if the, if the nightmare hits your hand, uh, discard a key, boom, done. You can use your key to do what's called a prophecy. You can scry the deck, rearrange it, you know, kill a card. And, you know, so that's a multi-use card there. Or you could use it as yeah. a regular symbol or, you know, and or you could just like match to a door. Let's say you have a key in your hand, a door floats up, boom, done. So the simple just set collection, but that one element, that little, uh, we call it sazon in, 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 uh, in Spanish, that little seasoning <laughs> of the multi-use card, which is the key, turns this game into an unbelievable game that I've played yeah. a million times. And I did not take a picture of it, but there are many, many expansions. Yes. Uh, you saw yep. in the, the – going back to the cover, there are seven expansions yep. to this game. There you go. Include seven expansions. And I play a game with all seven expansions shuffled in. You're a monster. I played through that. I'm just a <laughs> shot. It is uh, – it, take, it, it takes almost an hour, but I yep. don't care. The decision space. Oh, because you get all different cards. You get cards you could scry with. You get cards – that you know you you have the doors have to appear in order, but then you get spells that manipulate the order of the doors. You get extra nightmares. Oh my god, it's so amazing. Um, and I or I could play the simple game, or I could just like you know if I'm waiting for five minutes, I'm just gonna play a little bit of Oni Rim, and uh, there you go. So I mean, nothing feels more like a classic solitaire game. I agree, than, yeah. Uh, um, you know, and, and I've listed a bunch of different uh, you know, solitaire cards, and there's a bunch more. Yeah. Uh, but this one just it rises above. And I'm thinking of a friend of mine, Kevin Erskine, from the One Player Guild over on Board Game Geek, who hates this game. This game is just just simple matching. Like you, there's no there's no there there. Well. And okay, fine. Like you know, okay. I get that you don't that's just, you know if 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 you just understand the game as like sun moon key, there's nothing there. But that key. It all comes down to how you can you get enough keys 
that resource to, and you can have multiple decision spaces with it. What do you do with it? Turns the whole game uh, to me into the solitaire game I'm going to play for the rest of my life. Here's my question for you. I'm curious. I mean, you're right. I mean, the the all the entire Onovo series, and they all do very cool, interesting, different things. They're all really simple designs where they take a, something that feels classic, but then just make a little tweak to it and, and make it something special. Also, the designer Shady Torbe goes out of his way to make sure that every single one of them is a two-player cooperative game as well. Yep. With just a simple little twist, where suddenly, oh, well, we're now both of us are trying to do whatever the core thing is, and mm -hmm. we have some kind of shared pool that we have to decide when are we going to put things into the share and when are we going to hoard them for ourselves and whatnot. How do you feel about these as two player? I'm sure you've done um, it if you've played it this many times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually did a whole uh, podcast on it. We did uh, with the podcast called Two Can Play That Game. Oh, okay. And we ranked all six Oniverse games as two, just as two player mm -hmm. cooperative. And this one came out for me as a two-player cooperative game, too. So the way this one works is in solo, you have a hand of five cards. In cooperative, each player has a hand of three cards, and then there's two common cards. Right. That And so you can – now your decision space is increased by one in the sense that, okay, am I going to just finish my row and get my door? Or does my partner – and you can talk – say, you know, like I need a card in the central row because I want to complete my thing. Right. And it's like, oh, I really want to just, you know, get this out of the way before a nightmare hits my whole hand. But my partner's asking me for help and they're behind on doors. And that just, I mean, it's so simple. It's it's, it's the, those two common cards make this a really, really good two-player cooperative game. Yeah. I have played this game, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, you're waiting for a table to open up at a game store. You're waiting for a game to start. And it's just like one other person there. It's like, all right. Let's, I'm going to teach you Oniverse. We're going to run through it two players. We're going to take 10 minutes and look, get back to waiting for the table. And you're going to buy a copy of it before the night is over. Uh, and, I, and if I did my job, yep. <laughs> you're going to investigate this game. And another uh, thing about uh, all the Oniverse games, too, is they're lovely. They're all this weird, trippy dreamscape that they're all kind of a contiguous universe. So they're just nice to look at, too. Very uh, kind of I, calm and, and serene, but still kind of creepy and uneasy as well. Yeah, The art is divisive. Like There are some people that, that can't stand the art. It looks like really? a child drew it. Yeah, oh yeah. No, no, they, yeah, it's it's like beauty eye beholder, I guess. Eye the beholder, because it's 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 you know it, it is evokes childlike uh, motifs and yeah. but it is executed at a very very high level for me and I mm -hmm. love I, I I adore this art. Yeah, uh, great across choice across the universe games. Yep, and um uh I mean I would have considered this, but this is probably more like in the fifth top fifteen range for me because this definitely sure. ticks all my boxes and I really like it a lot. My favorite of all the universe games is probably Arion, which is the newest one right. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, that one is just so good. Although that one's less that that one's also a card driven game, but it's more that about drafting and whatnot. Whereas yes. this is all about manipulating that hand of cards and playing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Good choice. Good choice. I love classic solitaire. Yep. This is the All best right. one. Well, we are here. We've made it. There it is. Uh, my number one uh, is a relatively recent one as well. I I would have skipped it because it's very abstract, but Suzanne Sheldon of the Dice Tower sat me down at a convention and said, no, no, uh, you're playing this with me. <laughs> and, um, and, and you're going to thank me for it afterwards. It's Mandala. Aha. Uh -huh. There we go. Yes. Mm -hmm. Excellent game. Such a brilliant game. I, you know, I started out talking about how all my decisions are, you know, how much tension is am I suffering from in the best way? I mean that in a good way, because I don't know what's in your hand. Because that's the nature of a card. They're they're two-sided, and I can see the back, but I can't see the front. And um, yeah, I guess 
it's as much an area control game as it is a card game, because what I'm doing is we're actually making mandalas, which are beautiful real-world sand sculptures, uh, and there's a lot of spiritualness. And, and to the developer's credit, they've really tried to work the theme of real-world mandalas into the game with the mm. river and the, the impermanence of the sand and how they wash away, and I, I, I like all that. But it's just really a brilliant card game, because I've got a hand of cards, I'm e and I've got two, we've got two battlefronts, um, where I can either play cards to my side of the battle line, or I can play it to the center. And what gets played to the center is what we're actually battling over, so we can score cards. And um, you, of course, have on your, it's a two-player only game, so you can play cards on your side. The trick is, these cards are all, basically, they're just all colors. Um, no, no numbers or anything. And if I play a purple card on my side of the battle line, suddenly purples can't be played anywhere else. And they can't be played to the center for scoring. They can't be played on your side. And um, if I think you've got a lot of purples, and if I just put a single purple out, oh, that just ruined your hand. You got a whole bunch of nothing you can do with it because you can't play it <laughs> because I own purple now. And so um, this game, more than any other game, just makes me curl up in a ball and say, oh, tell me what you have. Do you have a purple? Because <laughs> I just need one more. Please, just tell me. <laughs> Stony silence. Okay. Oh, you had one, Very didn't cool. you? Ah! Um, in, the, in the best way. It's really, really clever. And then the other thing I really love about it is eventually enough cards are played to the table that the, uh, the little battle for dominance of so the cards that got played into the center. You play cards in the center so you can draw more cards, because you need to be playing them to the center, which means ultimately you might be giving cards your opponent is going to win. But the beautiful thing is, once um, one of these two battle lines is resolved, it's not that, oh, well, Jason, Jason got more cards there, so he gets everything. No. Jason just gets first pick. And then I get second pick. And then if there's more, right. then you get third pick. And I love that. I love an area control game where everybody can feel like they win a little something. Um, you know, where there's effectively consolation prizes built in. And um, although it, you know, that can be a pretty cutthroat element too, because um, depending on the order with which we ultimately earn cards, the first card I ever get in one of these little tete-a-tetes, that card is only going to be worth one. That color card is going to be worth one point to me. The mm -hmm. second color I am able to score, those colors are all worth two. And let's see what the picture. The uh, last color I can get, uh, you know, in the case on the. On the screen. Orange, those could be worth six. And for you, oranges might be something completely different because you got them earlier or late. So there's this constant shifting evaluation of, well, I don't really care about reds, but I can't let you have them. They're worth nothing to me. And hey, we just won and there's two reds. But I'd rather have the one green because that green is worth five points to me. And, you know, it's and you know it, I know it, and uh, you know it, it's it's such an incredibly constantly I mean it is shifting sands, this board. And uh, uh, you know Again, the board is not necessary. It doesn't serve any purpose at all, other than to remind you of the mm -hmm. point value of your cards, which could have just been an extra set of cards you put next to it. But it's a lovely cloth board. It plays super fast. It is just nail-biting in the best way possible. <laughs> and um, I, I love it. It's my number one card game. I'm on doll. Wow. I'd, I've never played it. Uh, oh! If we, if we were to run into each other at a con, if I were to run into each other at a con, we I would will... play it. And then you I would will go absolutely, buy it. I'll keep that in mind for uh, running into her, too. So yep. I, I look forward to that. All right. All right. So well, my in number strong, one. What do you got? I'm an, I'm a cooperative gamer. I, okay. I, I'm on the one-stop co-op shop. I do playthroughs for them. All of my all of my favorite games are cooperative games. So my number one game had to be a cooperative game. Uh, and we talked about you know how that that kind of cooperative game. So like the managing is very <laughs> collaborative and power coordinating. But for the most part, cooperative card games tend to go along that limited information. Yes. Route, yes. Right. 
So then there are four games that in at least four games, but these four I'm thinking about, they could have been all my top 10. Had I just done my, my top 10 card games, these four would have been in my top 10. That's so I wanted to do it differently to highlight different games. Right. right. Oh, okay. So the, your number one, I mean, or, or, by putting this your number one, not only are you saying this is your best limited information cooperative right. card game, is limited information cooperative card games your favorite style of card game? It is. I mean, my but cooperative is my favorite style of game. Period. Okay. Right. Period. Period. I, like, and really, if it's a card game and it's cooperative, chances are it's limited information. Yeah, chances are. Chances yeah. are really good. Uh, so like you have games like the mind and the grizzled and the crew which was mentioned before yep. and tranquility uh and a couple of other games that just kind of that, that hit this thing M many of those games would have hit the t hit the top 10 if i just done it my favorite but my favorite game in this line it, i only have two games rated 10 out of 10 one is pandemic which is a different list yeah and the next one is hanabi there you go i suspected hanabi Yep. Beyond Baker Street is out of here. It's too, it, it, <laughs> a little bit too much going on. I don't. Eh, Hanabi, I have literally played. Take, give me an over under, and, I, and I'll give you a hint because I've I've played it on Board Game Arena. How many oh, games geez. of Hanabi have I played in my life? If you if if you're obsessed about it and you're playing on Board Game Arena, you could have played it over a thousand times. Five thousand times. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Like, I can't like dodge that right here. It's my comfort food game. Wow. If I want to just play, uh, I'm, a, I'm a psychotherapist, right? So yeah. then, if I between if I'm between sessions or if somebody cancels, uh, you know, I I have a you know I do a 45 minute session and then I wait for a little bit for another person. It's like, oh, I'm bored and I have a computer over here. I'm gonna play some Hanabi, and it's like, bam, right in the middle of my workday, or bam, right in the middle of like you know, um, the calming. It's very calming to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then, and that's, that's, it's a weird thing to say because people get stressed out with him. Obviously, like, oh, you gave me one clue. What I is he going to talk yeah. about? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> not the only reason people clue. get stressed. I, uh, so yeah. you've obviously played with a wide variety of people. Um, right. I, I played it mostly with my wife and my, and my, uh, my in-laws or her parents. And we've had a great time playing with Jen's dad is the weirdest thing because he will just give the most random non sequitur clues. And you're like, <laughs> everybody just has to laugh. But, um, I have also played this game with people who take it so seriously. Super seriously, yeah. Super mm -hmm. deathly seriously. You know, including none of the, hey, 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 nothing, no little winks, no little dwelling one finger yep, on yep, a yep. card a little bit longer. Uh, uh, you stop it. Get off this table. I mean, I've been in those situations. Mutual friend, Tem Mativier is one of those players. Oh, is he? He's he one of those types. Did a, I did an episode with him. He doesn't like cooperative games at all for various reasons, but he likes limited information ones. This one is his favorite game. He's played this game as, not as much as me because no one's played no, as much no. as Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just, I, I just, I'm that personality. Like once I like something, I really like it. Mm. Um, and that's going to be my comfort food. And so, but he does the same thing. He, like, you, you play with him. He's like, you know what? Uh, everybody's going to do the same thing the same way. Uh, <laughs> no funny business. And if we discard uh, and, we, and we can't get 25, that's it. Game over. <laughs> I am not wasting my time on a lost cause. I'm not wasting my time on 21. Get out of here. <laughs> Second place is the first loser. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not quite like that. I, I, I definitely. That's tune, an experience. I tune my Hanabi to the the, the, to the audience. So if I'm introducing new players to Hanabi, like and I, and I brought this to like a bar when we played this in the bar, and it's like I don't care. It's like I just if you discard your, if I give you a, a three clue and it's clearly like you know a play because there's nothing but twos on the table, yeah, yeah. and you discard your three, whatever, it's a laugh, it's yeah. fine, you learn. Um, and then I'll, I'll go all the way up to playing with multicolors 
and there's like new European expansions. Like, oh. I want them to be in their states where they have like black cards and different things that happen with the. Oh, you're looking at the tiles. That's another way to play. Yep, with yeah, yeah, you can play with tiles instead of cards. We will not speak of that. This is a card list. This is a card. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you chose the picture, man. I did. No, no, I wanted to. Oh, by the way, I love this card holder. It's a Sentinels of the Multiverse card holder. Did you notice yeah, that in this picture? Baby, that's it. We're crossing <laughs> the streams over here. You're working all kinds of levels here. That's right. Uh, so you can go up from the very simple, just like have a casual time. And I actually have a good time with that, depending on the group. Or you can go to that, the, the, the involved multi, multi-color, multi. At that point, you need to use conventions. Yeah. So then if you are a bridge player or if you are a trick taker, uh, you know, these, these games that are lifestyle games, eventually you will, you'll, you'll be absorbed into a group and then like conventions will kind of set in. When you do this, that means this. When you do this, that means this. And in Hanabi, it's when you, you know, when you acquire a card and or when you give a color clue, that usually means play. Or when you, when I clue the newest card in your hand, that means like either play it. Or if I clue a card, like if you, like, cause you, you, uh, you can acquire a card into one side of your hand and then like this, when you discard, you always discard the last card. Right. You, mm. And yeah, so the, yeah, yeah. the hand kind of travels, you know, as opposed to like kind of discarding randomly. And, like that's, that's always a thing in the new place. Like, uh, I'm just going to discard randomly. Oh my God, what's he going to discard? <laughs> <laughs> here you know what's going to happen so like i'm looking at the thing four one five five if i'm looking at that i know that they are you know they're going to discard the last card so i better clue that five so that they don't discard it yeah right and then they, they kind of like you know reserve it. it's like okay you, you clued me fives i'm not going to discard it i'll discard this one instead that'll be the last card right so you you fall into conventions which people think oh that sounds like cheating if you do it in the base game yes that's an instant yeah. win if you do it in the advanced game it's the way you have to win it's the game is designed to right. encourage. Right. Yes, it's designed to have that that advanced mode is designed to have the, those things. And I've lost. I've lost plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with you know, with conventions but using the thing and it's funny because you know, you play with different players, it's board game arena, so you play with players all around the world. And you know, people have different approaches and you know, slightly different variations on how they do things and they'll yell at you for doing certain things and now, I'm curious I, about the board game arena thing. Um because that takes body language completely out of the experience. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we are not to the point where we, I mean, we, 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 we are all about the body language. We're all about the finger lingering. Well, this is a two and this is a, you know, or a red or whatever. Um, you know, and I don't know, we're having too much fun to worry about it, quite frankly. Obviously all <laughs> that stuff disappears. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess it's really, if you're played 5,000 times, are, do you prefer this kind of tournament level Uber play and, and therefore is board game arena a better venue for you because it just strips all of that out and it's just the cards. Just the card. Yeah. That's I mean, i clearly that's how I prefer it. But, uh, and the, and so like that's, so there's a two player game and then you play with the, uh, multiplayer. So like a four player game, then you can get into what they, they like advanced moves like finesse, bluff, uh, reverse. There's all these different clues. Oh, like if I want, like, let's say Why I would want, you bluff your teammates? Let's say I want A, B, and C, right? Let's say I have players A, B, and C. You know, Alice, Barbara, and Charlie. Okay. So, okay, I'm Alice, and I want Charlie to play... Uh, no, I want um, Alice to... Uh, oh, sorry. I'm Alice, Barbara, and Charlie. Okay. I want Barbara to play, mm-hmm. but I also want Charlie to play. I can give a clue to Charlie that would give Barbara the clue to play something. Okay, yeah, yeah. Through process right? of elimination... And it's like, why? So like, you know, cause in, in Hanabi, you have to be like, okay, um, you know, you have to, you, there's always a reason for a clue. What your father-in-law does is madness to me. 
like just clue random things. So like when you when so when when somebody gives a clue, this always means either play or save. So it's like if I give a clue to if I'm Alice and I'm giving a clue to Charlie, and you know Barbara's like, why did they give that clue to, to Charlie? Yeah, Charlie didn't need to hand. know that. Yeah. Right. And we agree upon it. It's like, okay, they want me to play a card. I don't have, you know, I don't have much information. They must want me to play my newest card. So, like, I play the newest card. It's like, yes. You know, and there's, there's, blah. Yeah. I love well, it's it. interesting. I, I mean, that's, that's like a really advanced version of kind of what the mind is. Yep. You know, the mind is just the same kind of, look, we're just, will you read my mind? Will you, will you, will you pick up on what I've done and what I haven't done and make a right choice based on that? Except that one's just like stripped down to nothing other than just, play cards and don't count in your head, don't count to 15 and then play a 15, you know, right. ignoring all that stuff. Um, yeah, I could totally get it. I don't know. I can't imagine I would ever get to that level. And it's interesting too. I mean, obviously, uh, I guess another reason that Beyond Baker Street works for us more than this is because really a lot of what you're talking about is going to, Hanabi is going to be better with more players. Right. As a two player game, it's still a compelling experience, mm -hmm. but some of the what, 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 you know, some of that zest, whatever of the like, term yeah. you used was, is not there, and it can be replaced with all the extra bells and whistles that um, that uh, you know Baker Street has, basically. Yeah, and I'll be my number one. Uh, it's, it's a ten out of ten game for me. I'm going to be playing Hanabi for a very long time. Although what I will say is uh -oh. they made Hanabi premium on Board Game Arena. I'm very upset about that because I, you know, you have to pay like the two bucks a month. Or whatever oh, I it is. see. I got, I got I got enough subscriptions in my life. Give me the option, Board Game Arena, of just buying access to one game so I can make tables for myself. I don't have to wait oh, for see. somebody to make a table. I will buy Hanabi from you. $5. Here, have my $5. I'm not going to pay $2 a month for the rest of my life to play to, to be able to make tables in Hanabi. So that made me really upset. So my, my play of Hanabi has plummeted. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, you need to start a Shelf Stories Patreon with the sole goal of raising $2 every month. <laughs> So you can get your board game arena subscription. And once you've done that, okay, we're not accepting anything more. This is all I needed. I appreciate the support, folks. Come and play Hanabi with me. That, yeah, right. I can't blame you. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, it won, right? It won the, uh, I think it, it was won, the counter, not the spiel. It was definitely a nominee. I'm not sure if it actually won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it should have. I mean, it is so brilliant. It is so, I mean, and this is from uh, Antoine Bowser, right? Mr. Seven Wonders, too. I mean, yep. geez, Louise. And then Takaido as well. I mean, that guy. <laughs> Wow. Yep. Um, but yeah. Like ghost stories. And ghost uh, stories. Yep, 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 yep. Definitely. Well, boom. That was it. Oh, those are 10 very... Uh, I'm really happy with those lists. No crossover. Not no, not crossover. a single one. Wow. You were so eloquent in your defense of Red <laughs> Rising. I thought for sure you would join <laughs> me on the Red Planet. And I mean, I, 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 I'm throwing lost cities in Jaipur out there. How could you not... <laughs> <laughs> I had to do race for the galaxy of that. I could have sworn. You're right, and you're right. That's that's <laughs> totally sworn. true. Where is my race? Um, yep. Honestly, if if I were putting that kind of game on, this is maybe sacrilege. I probably would have put terraforming Ares over Race for the Galaxy. Okay. Um, I know okay. it's new. It's hot. Um, you know, we only played it for the first time back in January when it was on Kickstarter. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it does all the stuff race does, and it does all these other things too. Maybe it's just the novelty. Maybe it's just the the newness of it. Because we did play a lot of race back in the day until I eventually got rid of it when roll yeah. rolled into town. And yeah, I mean, I also race has a lot of expansions, you know. And I and I like the expansions. I like the alien artifacts expansion. Like you have that little 
uh, there's an expansion where you're kind of like growing a world. Yeah. And you're like making a little dude run around the world. I like that expansion. And the the Xeno invasion expansion. I think all the expansions are good for race. Yeah. That is so that, that is not to... a common refrain, I don't think. Um, no. It seems like most people are like, I ah, just stick to the basics. All this other stuff just, you know, it's, it's another example of arguably clogging up something that's beautiful and pure. Right. Although, that, but, but not, race doesn't get to claim, oh, look, I'm beautiful and pure and elegant. Race was never that to begin with, yeah. unlike Hanabi. <laughs> race was always a big... Right. I mean, you know, I actually thought pretty hard about putting San Juan on this list, too, actually. Uh, because San Juan... I mean, I mean, you know the story about how race and San Juan were yeah. kind of co-developed in parallel and um, and all of that. So, I mean, in San Juan, I mean, we actually did get the digital version of that when it first came out, and we played that yeah. a lot. San Juan's probably one of our most played games because we did go deep into because it was a really good digital implementation. And it's just really a lovely little game, too. So, that was a great 10. Do you have any that just drives you nuts you didn't mention as we're on our way out the door? I've mentioned a bunch. That's <laughs> I made true. Sure I, got, I, I, I made sure I got a bunch of them in. Uh, even that, like, 11 would have been like a Seven Wonders duel. Yeah. Uh, and yep. they, they, I, but I, I did mention a bunch. Or, like, Arkham Horror, the card game, would be my, if I include an LCG. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of different adventure card games. Again, the cost barrier is, is pretty high. Yeah. Uh, but if I if that was, if, if money was no object, then it would be Arkham Horror because of the story. Not that I like Cthulhu, but I like I like I like the story mode, the variety well, of the I, I mission actually, structure and all of that. Yeah, 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 and and like and it's replayable too. So like once you're done with it, you can get go through a different path and you get you construct a different puzzle. So you know, Arkham Horror I think is the best one. Marvel was. It was a little bit of a disappointment for me because really? it's so mechanical. It is. It is. It's so mechanical. I don't. So is like Red that. Rising. I think for me, <laughs> Marvel, it, it so epitomizes your um, evocation uh, evoc yeah. versus immersion argument because every time I've ever played Marvel Champions, win or lose, I feel like I just lived through an epic Marvel storyline from my childhood. And there are such cool... I, mean, I will never forget um, a couple of friends of mine who hadn't played it before, and it's dangerous to play that game three players, let alone um, first-timers, let alone the complicated Green Goblin one that none of us had played yet, and we all sat down to play it. And I was Miss Marvel, and one of them was uh, Captain Marvel. And there came a point where we were up against it, and I sacrificed myself, and that was... You know, I, I I basically took it on. So I was out of the game completely. So and they went on ahead to win. And I mean, to me, I mean, knowing the comics so well and knowing how important Captain Marvel, what inspiration she is to Miss Marvel, uh, you know, Kamala Khan. I, I I you know, being a lifelong Marvel fan. Oh man, that yeah. game it just gets me all kinds of ways to Sunday. I wouldn't have put uh, it on this list yeah. because again. I know what's in your hand. I mean, there's no imperfect communication about this game, so it didn't quite fit my. The parameters I imposed on myself. There's also a lot of I I love card games where there's like a grid on the card and you have to play them and then play other cards on top or tuck them underneath. Right. You know, mm -hmm. hanging like gardens or yeah. um, you know, mm -hmm. sprawlopolis. I love those kinds of games, <laughs> right. but those are really tile layers. Those aren't card games. You know, so I left that kind of stuff off. But um, yeah, I mean, I've got a list of like 30 that I had to dismiss to get down to I this. Think, I think if I didn't have Sentinels of the Multiverse in my life, I'd like Marvel more. Yeah, but I played so much Sentinels. I played a well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you have so much invested in that. I mean, I've, not just the money, like, but just, the time and the, and the gotten, expertise and the knowledge yeah. and all of that. I've gotten superhero card games. Like I got that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got <laughs> that covered. Like, now here's an interesting thing: if you Marvel. ever were, and I'm with you, I do not. I'm not into deck construction at all. That's of zero interest to me. We used to yeah. play Magic: The Gathering. But, oh, nobody said Magic. Interestingly, <laughs> yeah, I could have. I, 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 mean, I we could played... have said it in terms of two-player. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, instead of like lost cities, I could have said magic. Easy. Yeah, yeah. 
We played it a lot back in the day, and we always hated it, or I hated it. We, we played a lot of tournaments, but only sealed deck stuff. It just goes, okay, well, look, I'll, I'll do some deck construction if you only give me 60 cards to choose from, and that's it. And I just got to do the best I can. But there's this one geek uh, list on BoardGameGeek where there's a really sharp player who has made it his mission in life that if you pick up every expansion for Marvel Champions, he will give you a finely tuned deck, and he's constantly updating it. When a new expansion comes out, and says, okay, you should really take these three cards out and put this other one in so that you can have really well designed, thematically strong, permanent standing deck. So you can have that Sentinels of the Multiverse feel if you go That's all in. Cool. That's cool. And, I, and I'm so appreciative of it because he, put, he puts a lot of work into that. But yeah, yeah, we could keep going. We've been going for two hours. We could go for another yeah. two or I two and a good. half. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> well, okay, folks, this was Jason Perez. He runs a channel, as I said up front, called Shelf Stories. I cannot <coughs> recommend enough. Hit that I, follow the links down in the show notes. Hey, we talked about some of the videos that are on his channel. You will definitely find interesting, thought-provoking stuff. And obviously, I hope this list proved, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the games himself as well. So I will continue to subscribe. If that Patreon ever pops up, I'll be first in line to throw a buck your way every month. Um, Patreon's too much work, man. If they weren't so much much work mm, you know, yeah like they're offering the tiers and and the constant curation of the you know, uh, you know giving the people that this that their thing i'm so focused on like just doing the best content that i can yeah i'm focused on putting out the best ideas that i can um so if, if people don't know right um shelf stories is my editorial channel i'm, I'm right. basically a talking head yeah and it's John Oliver style monologues that are kind of my core where I have like, you know, running the images and everything. And I'm trying to elaborate a topic. Mm -hmm. And the topic is usually something along the lines of culture or history or like the, like the difficult conversation that we have on the table. And like, you know, I get into this concept of re representation and diversity. Nothing triggers people more yeah. than representation and diversity. How, how do we include women in the gaming? How do we include you know, uh, Latino people like me and, you know, black, black folks. And like, what does that look like? And how do we make room for the table without making the people that are already here feel triggered and uncomfortable and all that kind of thing? How can we talk to each other? Yes. I've done many conversations about like, not just what do we talk about, but how do we talk to each other? How do we uh, try to mitigate the screaming and yelling and name calling and, you know, you're this and you're this. And, you know, I really try to be as educational um, that my series is called Good Trouble. Mm -hmm. And I try to be as educational, as compassionate as I possibly can. I, I can cause trouble all day, but I want it to be good trouble. <laughs> yep. I, want and, and good, I, think... I want it to be good constructive trouble. And that and so I spend so much time, anybody that's ever kind of worked in this field, I spend so much time thinking about that. I just don't, I find I don't have a Yeah, what is your day job again? Other stuff. I'm a psychotherapist. Right. Yes. So then, and that's the other thing. I, I'm a psychotherapist. I have a private practice. So I have, I see 44 clients a week. Yeah. It's a lot of clients. And so, and I also have shelf help. So I do like mental health for gamers. Those are, those are separate uh, things too. I've done about 20, 25 videos yeah. in shelf help. I've done 25 videos in good trouble and, and in interviews. Those, that's the core of my channel. And also playthroughs in the one-stop co-op shop. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Lots of content. Lots of content from, from me. Yep. Uh, so. Busy man. I, do I have the brain space to cultivate a Patreon community? Yeah. Um, well, and you have a day job at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. That is my day job. And one thing for folks who, um, you know, who might say, oh, that's really interesting, but I don't know if it's for me. I think a really important, you know, central thesis to everything you do is you never shout at anybody. You never shame 
people. You are all, I mean, you're just a, a charming, affable person. Um, and, uh, and, and, and you just speak openly and honestly from a place of love. Um, you know, consistently, even when you're talking to somebody you disagree with, you are willing. I mean, you know, for so for somebody like me who wants to do better, who wants to grow, um, you know, I can watch your stuff, you know, knowing that uh, it's not going to be about oh, I'm I'm such a terrible person, but rather, I mean, you, you don't you create opportunities for others to rise, and I, I think it's absolutely beautiful. I, I love everything you do ever since I first stumbled across, and you've been a real friend to me in some troubles I've had in the past as well, and uh, I always hope to uh, be so for you also. And yeah, folks, again, I mean, uh, we, we could go on about this for another hour too, but um, you know, follow the links down in the show notes. I guarantee you will find good, thought-provoking stuff, and probably some of them you'll want to share with some of your friends as well. So that's Jason. That is Shelf Stories. This is a man to watch. He is on the rise uh, in you. the industry. He is making a real difference. Thank and you. he also loves card games. <laughs> and I also love games, cooperative games. I'm a big co-op gamer. Yep, 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 yep. Game. Co-op thematic storytelling, that that's a, there's a big Venn diagram of like storytelling games and cooperative games. Um, not all storytelling are cooperative games, but yep. they happen to, there's a lot yep. of them there. Um, so thematic storytelling, this, I, I, my channel's called Shelf Stories for a reason. Uh, so, and I, I really, I, I, I'm not a reviewer that reviews widely. I'm not a reviewer that's like, okay, I want every game to kind of come in here. I just, I, I'd rather drill down. I played 6,000 games of, a, of, a, of one game. So of course I'm going to drill down. Uh, so yeah. like, like, so card games and, and, and actually pandemic, I think I'm, I think I'm over a thousand games of pandemic at this point too. Again, because uh, of the digital. Digital and just the flexibility and counting like the legacy and all Oh, kind of, of course. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So wow. like, if I like a game, I like it. So like, if you uh, want information about co-op games, thematic games, uh, if if you see me like review like some like high player count competitive game, the... <laughs> not the first port of call. Fair enough. Good not, enough. not the first port of call. I, I'll do okay, but like, if, but but like co-op and thematic uh, and and card play, um, that's that's my wheelhouse. So that's awesome. what I'm gonna. Well, cool. So, uh, Jason, I had a great time. Thank you very much. And you have definitely given me well one game. I am definitely going to seek out. Whiz kids, two yeah. player. Don't hide it. Share it. Come on, man. Zev, what are you thinking? Um, anyway, uh, it is great. Uh, uh, once again, folks, uh, my final time. Check out Jason's um, shelf stories. You will definitely not regret it. And thanks again for joining me. And uh, now I got to stop recording. And fingers crossed, hope that the whole thing isn't corrupted in some terrible way because that's the danger of doing it all in one big long take. But it'll work out fine. Fingers It'll work crossed. out just fine. Yeah, that's all. Right. It's going to be okay. And thanks everybody for watching. Talk to you later. So long, Jason. Say bye bye. If you can change your mind, you can change the world, people. Till next time. Later, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.